This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Right, welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is growing a bigger beard to honour Olivier Giroud. Now, in truth, Saints away is such a good day out that even had Chelsea succumbed to their sixth defeat this year, as appeared to be the case, trailing 2-0 on 70 minutes, it would hardly have mattered. What? Is Chidge gone mad? What are you talking about? But... Something incredible happened. Chelsea found some belief, some heart and some fight. Having brought on Olivier Giroud for the effet Morata, the bearded genius pulled a goal back with a storming header. Saints remembered that they were in 18th place and Chelsea remembered that we were still technically champions. Hazard scores a goal and then Giroud follows it up with a winner. All in the space of eight minutes. The expulsion of joy at actually winning a match was indescribable. Limbs all over the place. Of course, it begs a much bigger question. If Giroud can have this effect on the team, why on earth has he not yet started a Premier League match? Anyway, we should all grow Olivier Giroud beards in celebration and anticipation. So there you go. Uh, And of course, the title of tonight's show, the Chelsea Fancast number 422, can be nothing other than Giroud to the rescue. Because that's what happened. Now, on the, on this uh, show tonight, uh, we have, of course, the uh, the um, always at my side, the effervescent Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Thank you, Chidge. A joy to be here. Should it not be Giroud to the rescue? And, um, Giroud to the rescue. Yes, <laughs> uh, you're right. You're and right. I'm, you're I'm right. actually, I haven't shaved since uh, since he scored the winning goal. Yep. Yeah, good. Deliberately, good. No, in an effort to show some kind of solidarity, even though yeah. it's a pathetic bum fluff at the moment. But uh, okay, maybe we yeah. should just have fake Giroud beards. I'd or like would to that get be one. a bit lower league. So we should have for Chelsea fancast Giroud beards. Yeah, and, I'm uh, loving the big Frenchman. I got to say, got to say, I'm loving him. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm loving Giroud also probably as much, maybe even as much as I love this next 
guest on our show, which is, of course, the the uh, the the right reverend uh, Tony Anthony Glover Esquire. How are you? I'm very well, um, Archbishop Chidge. I'm very well indeed, mate. And um, and I wish I could have been there. Do you know what I'm really annoyed about is that I I I I sort of mentioned it in passing in the week uh, to to my wife and said to her about a spare, and she just sort of dismissed it out of hand. And then when we were sat there in front of the telly watching the game, all hung over because her sister stayed over as well, she said to me, "Could you have got a ticket for this?" I went, "Yeah." She said, "Well, why didn't you then?" And I, I oh, it's you know. Well, I went to the foot of my stairs. That's all I can say over no. that. Because, yes, no. uh, and yes, and it, it would have been just no. great to have got out. Yes, I know. So I'm going to remember that for next season because I'm confident that Southampton will stay up. Well, we'll find a way. I'm not, them. mate. I'm really not. Yeah. And, and and we will talk about this later. But uh, in doing so, in winning on Saturday, I fear we might have relegated my my nearest neighbours, and it is the best away trip of the season. There is no doubt about that, and it will be a shame if they do. And it will be a shame if, ironically, it was us that, that done it. But never mind. We'll talk more about this in, the mo- in a moment. Uh, I should, of course, add at this juncture that many of you I know were, you know, it's not, you're not really, you're, you know, like, like uh, the Southampton fans on Saturday were here for the Chelsea. I know that everybody in Mixler tonight was here for the Alex Churchill. Uh <sighs> Mm. Well, sadly, Alex uh, forgot that she was supposed to be on the Chelsea Fancast tonight and is stuck at work and will not be able to make it home in time. So I'm afraid you will have to put up with us lot. And, you know, I think it's actually, I think there's something sinister going on. I have to be honest, because, you know, I've tried to, you know, some people accuse me of trying to split the smut buddies apart. Nothing could be further than the truth. I schedule them together. And then what does she do? She forgets she's supposed to be on. So... I'm not taking play- the rap for she, this one. She's she's playing out to get, mate. That's what it is. Oh, I know her yeah. game. Well, <laughs> yeah, typical women, mate. All the same. Yeah, all the same. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what I should say is, uh, apart from not having Alex on the show tonight, what we do have on the show tonight is that we will be asking, uh, why does Giroud make the difference? And why has Conte left him on the bench rather than starting him? Uh, in part two, uh, we investigate Alonso's crimes. Oh, yes, titty ye not. Uh, we uh, we also have a look at Rudiger's banishment, and uh, we ask: Is Gary Cahill too old to rock and roll and too young to die? There we go. Uh, get the reference for those of you of a certain age. And uh, with the Chelsea Player of the Year awards, I knew Tony would get it eventually. And with oh, yeah. the Chelsea Player of the Year awards coming up, uh, are there any players we can actually vote for this year? Very good, Jonathan. Very good, Jonathan. Uh, he gets the, uh, the the chocolate button award of the night, which is... Uh, well, it's a chocolate button. <laughs> it's a chocolate button. <laughs> yeah. anyway, can the I get on with the introduction? Can I, I mean, much as I love you getting my references, I need to get on with the introduction. Yeah. yeah so, uh, with the Chelsea Player of the Year awards coming up, are there any players we can actually vote for this year? That's a good question. Anyway, uh, in part three, this is huge people if you like music this is huge uh apart from the fact we've got the football blogging awards which i need to explain how you can vote and nominate chelsea fan cars leon or Gion carbis and the well i don't know about nominating alex she's in my bad book so maybe don't know no of course nominate alex as well um we've got the usual supporter notices uh by the way the fba's finished this wednesday so i'll tell you more about that anyway we've got the usual supporter notices but then drum roll drum roll drum roll we have an interview with kirk enough 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 thank you we have an interview with Kirk Brandon. Now, he is a punk legend, and he's the man behind two of my favourite bands, Theatre of Hate 
and Spear of Destiny. And, of course, most important of all, he is a Chelsea supporter. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. So he mm. very kindly uh, allowed me to interview him last week. Uh, so he talks about Chelsea and he talks about punk and Chelsea's connections with punk and Spear of Destiny and all of that. Um, the interview was so bloody good, it ended up being 45 minutes. Uh, I, so therefore, for reasons of time, that we, I, we don't have, you know, we have to limit it somehow on a Monday. Uh, I'm giving you the edited version, which is about 25 minutes, which is like the best bits. But I promise what I'm going to do is I'm going to put up the whole damn thing as a special later this week. Do not miss it. He's a superb bloke. And it's a cracking interview. Right. Uh, finally, of course, part four, we have the world's biggest uh, supply of emails for Jonathan to read out ever. We will never get through them all, but we will try. Now, um, do not forget, you can listen to the show live every Monday, 7 o'clock p.m. by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea-Fancast, where, of course, you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page, as so many of you do. There are loads of you in there. All the I, I love and know you all. I feel I do anyway. I've, I've had the privilege of meeting a few of you, but we've got Kev M, Bob Uzre, Arizona Matt. Matt, I have met. Nick Lennartson, John Chips Chiverton, drink vodka. I have drunk vodka with him. Uh, Matt Jazz, who I need to be drinking Slovenian hard liquor with at some stage in my life. Uh, we've got Katie Hailstone. We've got Vinda Blue. There's some bloke called Tony Glover in Mixler. What's he doing in there? Oh, he's here as well. (laughs) So what? Benji Toe and the lovely, the fantastic Andy Silverman. And if I have one ambition tonight on this show, it is to put a smile on Andy Silverman's face. Uh, If you know Andy, you will know why. And you will give him a big hug and a kiss, especially from me. Right. uh, What else is going on? Okay. Usual plug, of course, for Love Sport Radio, the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport Radio. We did a fantastic show, did we not, last Friday, Jonathan? Yes, with the great Canners. How excellent was that? How excellent yeah, is Canners, he? Oh, a wonderful man. We love him to bits. Is why we've had him more on this show than any anybody else of that ilk. But yeah, Canners was on great form. Um, if you want to catch it again, just go to the lovesport.com website uh, on their homepage. They've got a listen live button and they've got a, an on-demand button. If you go to the on-demand button, it should take you through to the... Uh, you know, basically just scroll up and you'll find the show that we did last Friday. But I commend it to you. Canners was brilliant as always, and uh, we really enjoyed it. Great show. Anyway, uh, this week was there a great steely reticence? Wasn't there a great steely reticent moment when we tried to grill him over whether he had any news about uh, whether Conte was being replaced? And he almost broke, didn't he? But he wouldn't. He wouldn't give it away. We yeah, he's more it. discreet than you are. Much more discreet than I am, but I mean, <laughs> lack of discretion is 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 how I manage to exist, Jidge. You know that. Well, this is true. This is very true. Job. You, are an, you are an actor after all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, look. This Friday between seven and nine, it'll be me and Jonathan, of course, uh, joining uh, Aaron Paul and Liam Toomey from ESPN. Liam, friend of the show, on here all the time. So that'll be a good one to listen to. Um, of course, as we keep telling you. Uh, the best thing about this show is that, uh, A, it's live and it's on radio, but, of course, you can actually phone up. You can phone up and you can debate with us live. And the number to call is, let's see if Jonathan can get it right this week. Jonathan? Oh, God, help. It's um, uh, 0208 No, 0208-70-20-558. Very good, JK. And next week, I promise you, I will write that properly so you can read it properly and not 
be felled by my stupid writing of it. But yes, it, it's 0208 70 20 558. Do give us a call this Friday. We love talking to you. I mean, uh, when John Chips Chiverton phoned up last week, we were beside ourselves with excitement that we got to speak to him. And then Ken, Ken Douglas phoned up all the way from Utah this week. How about that? So, yeah, it's great. We get to talk to you. If we can't meet you in person, at least we get to talk to you. It's lovely. Um, right, so what else do you need to know about that? Well, it's broadcast on 558 AM. It's also on digital radio. Uh, there are apps available like Radio Player and TuneIn. You can get it on there. It's Love Sport Radio. It's very easy, great fun. Do listen, please. Right, now, after this very small break, we'll be talking about Southampton and Chelsea. Welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and of course, you are listening to the Chelsea Fancast. And uh, the first thing up is that we want to talk about the fan, the my, my, the only Frenchman I really like ever, possibly. I don't know. I mean, he's he's a wonderful, fine-looking man. He's a very good-looking man, actually. But he has a he has a, a wonderful beard. But the more, the, I mean, you know, the thing is this: it's Giroud v Morata, really, isn't it? I mean, you know, we were rubbish. We were rubbish for seventy minutes. We were second to every ball. Uh, we look like the same insipid Chelsea we've seen far too far too often recently. Uh, and although, you know, bringing Giroud on for Morata didn't solve the problem immediately, because we actually conceded again, didn't we, after, after he came on, the difference is absolutely so obvious. And I mean, I just want to talk about this very quickly before I let you two in, because I, I wrote an article about it for Yahoo today, but annoyingly, for some reason, it hasn't gone out on the site. I do not know why. But what I figured out um, after much reflection and many pints of Guinness was that, you know, Morata's inability to lead the line, you know, his inability to uh, hold the ball up, basically, is what is actually causing us a lot of problems. Because by, by doing that, or by failing to do that, um, he doesn't play Hazard and Willian in. And, of course, what happens when he loses the ball, we've kind of made a move to attack. And then we're absolutely on the back foot. And they sh- they zoom through our midfield. The defence is under pressure. And, and you know, we know the, we know what happens next. And I think that's where the problems are starting. It's his inability to hold the ball up and actually compete as a striker should in the Premier League. And the difference was was there for all to see. When Giroud came on, he was able to at least hold the ball up and play the others in. And suddenly, we were on the front foot. Discuss Mr. Kidd. There was a wonderful moment where um, there was a kind of aimless, I think a deflection, went into the just at the edge of the Saints penalty area. And... Giroud leapt like a salmon to keep the ball in play, heading it. And it was the kind of ball that I thought Morata would have just watched it go over his head and go to the goalkeeper. And uh, Giroud got the ball and, as I say, kept it in play. And we set up another attack. And I thought, there is the difference. There is This is a proper centre-forward. This is a man who is also... Um, uh, not only does he know the centre-forward skills, I suppose, those skills in a way that uh, Morata doesn't, he just appears to have uh, um, so much more um, oomph and get up and go at the moment in that team because uh, 
they're so easily well i, I was going to say easily deflated i don't think they're trying um uh and i think that um conte actually saying um they have to have great respect for the badge they don't have to play for the coach um which is what he said uh, in the press conference today was um was speaking volumes to me that he can't get them interested and they're, they're not actually up for it. And I thought that because Giroud scored such a fantastic, it was a fantastic goal, that header. Fantastic. A real, a real Drogba-esque goal. Um, uh, and to me, that's, a, you know, that's a, one of the highest compliments. Um, and, you know, he reached it and he took, in true Mark Hughes fashion, I'm sorry to talk about Mark Hughes, who nobody likes at the moment, but uh, when he played for Chelsea, he was wonderful. He, he managed to take the centre-half out at the same time, completely legally. And I loved that. And the second that goal went in, everybody started playing. And you think, yeah. well, yeah. excuse lifted me, them, didn't what, what lifted them completely. But they should be playing like that from the beginning. They're so... Yeah, but my just, point, Jonathan, Jonathan my, yeah. hang on, mate. My, my point is, is that... You know, maybe if they if they've got to play with a striker who 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 can't score goals, who can't hold yeah. the ball up and play them yeah. in, and doesn't show the commitment and fight, it kind of you know he's you know the bottom line is that's what a striker does. He leads the team. He's the leader of the line. And if your leader is 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 basically like jelly, maybe they just think, well, what are we what are we supposed to do? You know, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with them chucking it in, but I'm not actually sure they do because the amount of fight they showed to get back in that game and then win it tells me that actually the issue is Morata, not the team collectively. Correct. I, I'm not convinced, though, Tony, um, that um, despite oh. your, despite your correct there, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not convinced that they would play that way if Giroud started um, because I think they're all in a completely negative state negative frame of mind and it was like watching I felt it was like watching a, a team of sulking school schoolboys who'd um, who'd been told by the the, uh, the 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 house master or the 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 gym master that they had to go out and play football and they were much better than the opposition and they knew they were but they were all sulking and then suddenly Giroud comes on and actually scores and they go, oh, I think I'll play now. I like it now because I think we can win easily. Let's set ourselves the task of scoring three goals in eight minutes. Yeah, we did it. And and it came across like that to me. I think they're just, they're just not interested. I really do. And I don't, I, as I say, Chich, I'm not convinced. They'd started with Giroud. I think Giroud would have tried, but I think so many of them are, 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 are just not playing. And, and I think it was really telling that he made that statement about the badge. Because they're not playing for him, they're not playing for him because uh, he, it's his state of mind. So he mentioned that he didn't need to mention that today, and I, I thought that was really relevant. He so, did, but Tony, so, Tony, so, you, 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 you have a, you hold a slightly different view to me and Jonathan, uh, or just to Jonathan? No, to Jonathan, I think. <laughs> As you might expect, I said that we'd we'd both got our horns out, polished them up, and were pointing them at each other. You're in feeling a, horny tonight. I think that's yes, a need to know. In a, kind, limp, Tony. Yes, in, a, in a kind of non-homoerotic way, we are, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> we're both pointing our horns at each other. Um, now, look, I, I, I commented on, on something that, uh, that JK put up earlier on, which was around... I, I want to talk about Giroud first. Um, uh, Giroud, to me, uh, before that, I thought it, we, we, were, we were bang average. Nothing more than that. I think the, the, the first goal was a sucker punch. Um, I, I clearly... There was clearly 
as Piliqueta at fault. He was absolutely run ragged and bullied off the ball by one of our ex-players um, and didn't do enough, in my opinion, even in the box. He could and Alonso. Alonso was terrible. Well, yeah, I mean, but the fact with Giroud, is, you've said, you said it yourself, right? Um, I think the first thing with Giroud um, is he's an all-round better temperament. I've said this on here before, a better temperament than Morata. He's less pedantic. He's less throwing toys out of pram. He's not had a silly booking yet. I, I always get the impression if Giroud is going to get a booking, it's because he will have studied somebody or something, done, <laughs> done something, chinned somebody properly, not just decided to throw a little sulk at the ref. Um, but what I like about him, and, and, and JK, this is why I do agree with you. Um, I've said it on here before as well. He is um, a French Didier Drogba. He has all of the characteristics of Drogba in that he's not particularly the fastest player in the world. He can look like a baby giraffe sometimes, but he can head the ball better than anybody, I think, in the Premiership at the moment. Okay, He, he made that his sort of trademark at Arsenal, which is what Wenger hates, because Wenger hates anything that involves putting the ball in the air for anybody. And I think that's why he was disillusioned at Arsenal. He loves that. He's an absolutely combative player. He's got a fantastic temperament. He will he 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 batters defenders in a non-Costa aggressive way. Okay, or he's much cleverer at hiding it, whatever. And I tell you the one thing that he can do that Morata doesn't, he can defend. He will put himself back in the box like Drogba used to, and he will put himself in as a defender when it's needed. And Morata doesn't do that. Um I've got hope for Morata, but I think I think we are seeing the benefit in Giroud of the competition for places. I think he's even more determined to prove his point at Chelsea, knowing that Morata is, you know, he's got Morata on the ropes. I think in that sense, um, irrespective of what happens to the coach, I genuinely think Giroud is the better option. Someone described him as the new French Tour Andre Flo, which I thought was hideously unfair. He's a far, far more rounded better player than that. And I'm not slagging Torres off. Completely different, Tony. Completely yeah. different player. Exactly. But I do think that with with um with, with Giroud, he's he's a far more complete uh like I think you used the word old fashioned centre forward there, JK. He's got that eye for goal. That first goal out of nowhere, I sat there and I had to look twice watching it on the TV through a Guinness uh, induced hangover. And think, did he actually get that, or was that? And honestly, that was fantastic. That was utterly fantastic to get on the end of that in front of the defender and push that past that keeper that he didn't have a chance. Was it was a marvelous, marvelous effort, you know? And uh, mm. I've got a lot of time. I think he, I think he's going to be a fantastic purchase for us. Well, I, I, I hope so. I, I'm really warming to him, and not you know, there are there are three things that I want. You know, from a from a top striker, one that they score goals, two that they can hold the ball up and do. You know, if you, if you're playing one striker up front, you've got to they've got to be able to hold their ball, hold the ball, hold their balls up, hold the ball up, and third, <laughs> they've got to have commitment and fire in their belly. You know, like I said, they are the leader of the line for a reason. In a sense, in a, in a, in a sense, they kind of set the tone in terms of fight and commitment for the side. And frankly, Morata looks to me to be incapable. Of doing all of that. Now, here's a weird thing for you. Uh, this is absolutely apropos of nothing, but I spoke to John Hollins today, and really? you know, I talked to yeah, I did, and I, I I talked to him about it, and and he his view was that Morata would be much better playing in a two, you know, yes. because he's clearly he's not a Giroud like player. He's not. He's never. I don't think he's ever going to be able to 
you know, do the physical, the, you know, the dirty work up front, hold the ball up. But he's got skill and he's got pace and he has got an eye for goal. But maybe he needs a big lump to play with, uh, John. Do you remember I mean, the days? Do you remember that? Well, just, can I just, I just want to jump yeah, go, in there. Go, sorry, sorry Tony, very, go very, It's a very quick point, and I think JK and myself may, may not be locking horns over. It reminds me of the, the times when Anelka used to play alongside Drogba. Anelka was Bang still on. a goal scorer. He he had the pace. He could he he could and he knew where that big lump Drogba was. I used to love watching them two on the pitch together at the same time. Yeah. Love it. And I think there's a similarity. I think you're right. I think there's a possibility that in a two that would be quite devastating for the two different skill sets. The defenders would yeah, be. Yeah, I agree, mate. If he plays in the two, it'll be next year, won't it? Yes. And we, we've just been been linked with uh, with Lewandowski, of course. When in doubt, find somebody else who's a very similar. <laughs> But uh, it's somewhat similar to, to Giroud, really, because he's a, another one of these, another tall, good header and uh, runs and runs the line. But they, you know, there'll, there'll be no decision made on anybody until um, until the, the new manager is, if if it's to be a new manager. You know, I, I'm I'm willing to admit that. Uh, um, can I just put forward a theory? Actually, just talk about something which I haven't talked about before. I'm I'm getting beginning to suspect that there's a contractual thing going on here with Conte and that um, uh, they pay him less if he does the whole season Uh, and if they interrupt the season they have to pay him more money uh, to get rid of him and uh, because I'm I'm trying to think why he would carry on for this for this long with this lack of of enthusiasm I found what did you think guys of the uh, of him standing of him coming out on his own and just sitting there we've never seen that before what was that all about not a lot not a lot is what I thought uh, Mourinho's done it Mourinho did it yeah but we're not we're not talking about Mourinho we're talking about yeah but managers do I think who who last year was this wonderful enthusiastic um, hurling himself into the crowd running on the pitch and Ah. shaking hands with everybody and now just just lolloping off and just look having the demeanour of a of a of a a, a, a love torn doe. He looks as if somebody's you know as if his 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 girlfriend's left him. Yes, and... I refer the honourable gentleman to the comments I made on him uh, made towards him on Twitter earlier on. I think <laughs> I, I think he's no doubt there's a bit of protest going on there, and I, I I kind of think that this is something we've seen time and time again under the current ownership, where the role of manager. Is reduced to the role of coach. They're given a remit when they come in. They probably think he's different. They've come in and they're told coach the first team. There's nothing else for you to do. We're not going to get you involved in buying players or whatever. Um, so you diminish them. And, and I think, uh, I think, I think, uh, uh, this, Tony. Yes, sure. well, not just with, well, maybe, but you don't know what's said behind the scenes by Bruck or Marine or whoever. My, my whole point is, is that we, more than any other club, may well maybe Leeds United uh, might have something to say about this. We have diminished the role of manager to this person on the sidelines who's no different to a parent screaming at kids on a Sunday morning, but has pretty much no other involvement in the in the team. And I think when you do that, and I've spoken to Chidge about this, I said, you know, you've you 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 you. you you remove that buying and selling influence or whatever. You leave it with non-football people. You isolate a key link to the fans. The fans like to get behind the manager or they like to coat the manager. In this case, most fans are now actually meh, whatever. And once that irrelevance kicks in, the players who should be playing for the club and the badge and the fans 
anyway. That should be their default. That should be their absolute default stance, right? Um, and we saw that when Avram Grant took over, another fraud or whatever, um, that the players carried on pretty much ignoring him. He was completely, I agree. Yeah. There's one person that we keep forgetting to mention, who is this guy, Scott McLachlan, who is the head of, head of scouting, who has been there since 2011, head of international scouting. So there is a football, a, a football brain there. And we, nobody ever mentions him. And he is referred to constantly. And I was under the impression that Hiddink was always being referred to. This is obviously not for, not for buying players necessarily, but not for coaching. So I, but I think we, we criticise the board at our peril for saying that they're not involved in football. Some of them are clearly, you know, just, they're just right-hand people and they're, they're bankers and lawyers, such as and Buck's a lawyer. Um, but but I, I do think though that there are there are more people there making it work than 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 we know. We make these assessments. I mean, this guy has been there since 2011. He was poached from Fulham. He's the international <clears throat> scout. You know, I mean, he must have a say on who they get in. Well, I, I guess so. But my view again is is that I I think we've done more. And as I referred to earlier on, Frank Williams, uh, the, the the Formula One team owner, once said that you know if, if he could get a monkey to drive his cars, that's what he would do. Okay, because he was all about the technology and all about that, and I just think that in this case, this is where we're heading. That they want anybody, and I've I've said it before. I've I've, I've had to block somebody last night because they took offence to me referring to Leonardo Jardim as a no mark, and and they went, oh, but he's done this and he's done this. Yes, last night he was in charge of a Monaco team that lost seven one to PSG. Brilliant. Yeah, let's go get him. Um, but I just think with Conti. Well, you know, well, we're, we're either sorry, building something or, or we're not. And not I just think in, 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 in his case, I just think that, you know, there is this this whole thing that it, there is a, a degree of protest and sulk going on. We've seen it, though. We've seen it with him. We've seen it with AVB. We've seen it with Mourinho to a degree, lesser degree. We saw it with Scolari. Uh, and, it, you know, it, ultimately, it's the same thing every time. And we can't keep blaming the managers for that. There has to be something else going on behind the scenes yeah. that's causing this every time. Okay, we're gonna, I think this is brilliant, guys. Whoop, whoop. I, I think it's brilliant. No, we're gonna we can pick it up after the break, J.K. Because I think I think I'd like to carry it on actually. Because as you probably guess, because I haven't said a word, it's not because I buggered off for a pee or something to eat. I was absolutely <laughs> wrapped by your intelligence. You know, I, that's why I didn't say anything. But I would like to carry it on after the break, uh, and as well as uh, picking up on what Tony and, and Jonathan have been saying, we are also going to talk about Alonso's crimes, Rudiger's banishment. Uh, and all sorts of other stuff too. We'll see you in a sec. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. This is the Ch- uh, the Chelsea Fancast, and of course I am Stamford Chidge, and I've got the wonderful Jonathan Kidd and yeah. the effervescent Tony Glover on the show Ever. tonight, who have been so good so far that I've hardly had to say a thing. I might even have a bit of a lie down later and let just carry on. It might be more interesting. Um, at this juncture, at this juncture, not least because my uh, my boss is in the house, uh, Mister Hion Carbis is in Mixler right now. 
Uh, and it would be very remiss of me not to mention the fine work that he does corralling great articles for the Chelsea Fancast website. So do check it out, chelseafancast.com. Now, um, before I, w- I want to pick up on what you two boys were saying. Jonathan was about to come back in with some blinding insight. No, I was just going to talk about Jardim, who, um, hmm. uh, despite them losing 7-1, they are second, I think. Uh, I know it's not a great league, but it's it's not bad. And uh, he's he's actually reconstructed Monaco, uh, clearly not very well after the 7-1, but for most of the season, out of the youth. And um, uh, because they sold most of their top players. So you can make an argument, in fact, that Jadim, if he were to be appointed, um, uh, would have his finger on the pulse of the youth team. Um, which is, as we all, I'm sure we all agree, and I'm sure you're, you, you well, I don't, we haven't had this, this, any, any conversation about the youth, you and me, Tony. I mean, I, I'm, I'm I've come round completely to the idea that there needs to be some continuity um, because it is becoming absolutely ridiculous. Um, the you know the success of the youth every year and the inability of people to translate into the first team. I know it's a leap up. I know um, that even Conte said it that you know you can stick somebody in and it just doesn't work. But they've got to start having a. Uh, uh, because they'll be overawed or for whatever reason, or they're just not quite used to playing in the Premier League. But there has to be some more commi- some more commitment to it. Um, uh, and I would think I, I would even thinking that uh, I don't even think it'd be a good idea to play play youth towards the end of the season because there's still the opportunity at the moment because Spurs lost. That uh, if we won the remaining games, if we beat Burnley, which I have to say I'm very doubtful of, and then we uh, we we beat Liverpool, which I'm also doubtful of, we then we'd then be in a position where we still might uh, overtake Spurs, just hoping that somebody implodes. What I don't want them to do for the rest of the season is to play like they played in the first 70 minutes yesterday, as if it's uh, a complete waste of time doing it. And uh, somehow the manager ought to have instilled into them that they've got to keep going for these games. But as I say, if they lose against Burnley on Thursday, why, why doesn't he give uh, give the youth a go? Always say Jonathan, Jonathan. Talking about Burn, yeah. talking about Burnley, uh, just to yeah. kind of link it back in. I just want to finish this this chat about kind of Giroud in a sense, because the the final mm. thing I was going to ask before you two went off on this brilliant discussion about stuff that was way too clever for me to understand. Um, but um, what I can't understand, actually, much more than uh, you know what you were talking about, is is why on earth Conte hasn't started with Giroud. The other thing is, of course, people were, on Mixler were picking this up as well. That, that we, we a little bit of oversight on our point of view. Um, he did also change formation. He went to four at the back. He went four two three one, yeah, uh, which I think clearly helped as well. But 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 that's not the my, my question really is surely 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 he has got to start Giroud. He's I got so. to start Giroud. What is the point of starting Morata, Tony? What is the point? None, none at all. And I think if you if you're going against a team like Burnley, you want Giroud. There. You want a you know they're a physical side. I, I I disagree with J.K. I think they've won five on a trot. I think they're due due a uh, uh, getting their asses handed to them on a plate. Um, <laughs> they've done well, but I think that I think uh, I don't think that run, run's going to continue. And I, th- I do think we've been better in general this season away from home because the pressure has been away from the fans. I've I've noted that one before. Yeah. There is no point. You want Giroud. You want somebody with the right temperament. What you don't want is is someone flouncing around, throwing themselves to the floor, arguing with the ref, and nearly getting themselves another silly yellow card simply because they just don't understand that the premiership is different from um, Spain where you might get time on and off the ball. You don't here. And I think Burnley will be the absolute epitome of that. If you've got any other illusions about the game, they will be in our faces all game. Um, 
and, and so you, you you can't. And I think you know, I just think at this moment in time um, that there is absolutely nothing to lose by putting Giroud in there. I, this is not an anti-Morata thing. I actually think we'd be mad to sell him. He needs to adapt. Giroud doesn't because he's been in the Premiership. He knows what it takes and therefore should be first on the list. Tony, we, we haven't been good away because we've lost the last four other than yeah, this. Yeah, but prior to that, we'd been pretty pretty decent. We no, were, that was we prior to January where we played, we were completely... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, I just think that I, I always felt there was a freedom that the players were exhibiting away from home. That they they weren't they were they they were stilted at Stamford Bridge. I, I've no idea why. Maybe just because it's a home thing and the pressure was on. I don't know. But I, Jonathan, seen, Jonathan, you know, sorry, Tony. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. Finish your point. Tony, finish your point. On oh, my point, yeah, I, well, I, I underlined it. You know, Giroud because he's he knows what what it takes in the Premiership. Jonathan, Jonathan, you know, if, if he doesn't pick Giroud, what, what does that say? I mean, you, you know, is that is that part of your kind of you know, theory that basically he's chucked in and he's sulking and he's just doing whatever he can to get sacked. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's just, he's, he's just, he can't be bothered. So it wouldn't surprise me if he starts with Maratta and they, 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 they play three at the back. And he doesn't play Rudiger either because you're getting onto this because he's, he's had a, he's had a row. Um, he's, he's unbelievable. He's clearly very prickly. He's a very prickly man. And, uh, well, well, let's let's talk about that Rudiger thing, shall we? I mean, I don't mind leaping ahead of Alonso. We can come back to him. Yeah. Because I was astonished. Well, half of me was astonished to hear what happened, which is, uh, you know, we all heard Rudiger's comments about, you know, why didn't we go for it in the second half against West Ham? And I don't think there was a man that didn't agree with him. And then suddenly we find that not only is he not, you know, playing against Southampton, he's not even on the bench. Uh, and then he's alluded to the fact, bless his heart, fair play to him, he's kind of alluded to the fact that he was sent to the naughty step for daring to speak about the dear leader. I mean, the, the issue is, JK, you know, is, is you know, should Rudiger have done that? Or, or was, you know, Conte executing his authority? I mean, he, you know, he's the boss, one respects that. Or, or is this just symptomatic of him falling out with players again? Because he's got a track record, hasn't he? He seems to be a bit sensitive about having his uh, tactics questioned, doesn't he? Because that was the reason for the Louise, initially, for one of the Louise uh, rows. With, with Louise, it was that and mm. uh, and and, and um, questioning uh, Costas being sold and, and him being racist because he apparently didn't like Brazilians, which has slightly been uh, proven maybe, by... Maybe he didn't want his hair cut or something. Perhaps he didn't want it revealed that it was a, a wig or a, or a weave or whatever it is. Whatever it is, it's fantastic. I wish I had one of those. I'd like to find out. I get very got. upset when people miss my Brazilian jokes. Yeah, yeah, you're, I'm sorry. I was, I was, um, I didn't uh, think that you were making one, but now I realise. Oh, 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 bloody oh. Now, now I, now I realise that you've made one. I, I, I'm ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> but I missed it. I should have been there before. I'm sorry. I do apologise. Yes, yes, of course. Um, but um, but the reason it was, and I think I mentioned last week, that Kennedy has said that he, he won't come back to Chelsea because he doesn't, doesn't want to play for Conte. Um, uh, you think, oh, is that another Brazilian problem? Um, but um, uh, no, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he. Uh, we know we've gone back. We've gone on to Rudiger, haven't we? Um, uh, yeah, I'm con- utterly confused. Um, because uh, poor old Cahill was, you know, it was. It's good to have him back, but once again, all we now observe is him not quite being as quick as he used to be. Mm. Which, let's, yeah, let's, part, let's, let's pause on Cahill for now, because I want to. I want to hear yeah. what Tony has to say about what he thinks about Rudiger. Um, I, you know, 
me, Chidge, I have been pro Conte all the way through this season. But that doesn't actually mean that um, I'm slavish to the way he behaves and acts. You know, I I still don't want him to go. I still think that there's a building job to be done. You can't carry on. You can't do any building while you're swapping coaches every two years. But in this case, he he's wrong if he's done that. Uh, and if that's what the case is with Louise, then that's wrong as well, because Louise is too good a bloody player to be left out of the squad. You know, his attitude alone would have helped us against Spurs and Manchester United, I think, um, properly against, you know, uh, even on, on on Saturday, I think he would have been there. Rudiger, I really like, and I like the fact that he's, he's, he's as pissed off as the fans a lot of the time when performances aren't going our way he was probably one of the highlighted players against West Ham when yeah, when we were sat there definitely. um uh, made a couple of stonking tackles that we you know we just both sat there and went wow look at him you know um and so I think that that's wrong um you know there, there is obviously some upset in the camp but I you know you you're either we're in this position again of 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 players you know, not all being on song, and and it's it's not really something. You know, for all the, I'll, I'll just throw in something here. For all of the criticisms that people have made of Jurgen Klopp and his heavy metal football, that fucking squad are well together. That Liverpool mm. squad, right? And, and, and how comes we keep picking coaches, managers? I prefer the term manager. Year, well, year in, year out, it's getting like that. But you know, every that can't do this. Why is that? Do we are we are we sacrificing that harmony for a win or two, um, and then letting it all fall to pieces? I don't know. But for me, treating Rudiger like that, if that is the case, is wrong. And so, it's, and it is with Louise. And I would quite vehemently sit in front of Conti and say to him, "You're wrong, mate." Um, it's uh, not you, good you know, management, mate. It is I mean, a good look, management. The reality no. is, here's here's the thing, mate. I've you know I've I've managed a lot of companies and stuff, and. You yeah. know, sometimes you need to see the bigger picture. There is no point cutting your nose off to spite your face just to prove a point. You know, some, sometimes, yeah, you've got awkward members of staff, but they've got talent and you, they're useful to you. It's, about, it's always about getting the best of the people that you have under your disposal. Not everybody's the same. Some people are a right bloody pain in the arse, but, you know, it's your job to be smarter and get the best out of them while still retaining your authority. And if you can't do that, that's bad management, mate. Yeah, it is, and I totally agree. I mean, how many of these football coaches are actually trained in modern people management techniques would be a very moot point, wouldn't it? Um, and, and, well, the, you pun- know, the punching sometimes... stick is a great management well, technique. Well, yeah, I've always it is. Found, but I, I, yeah, but I think you... It, it, <laughs> I'm it's, joking, it's, I'm joking. <laughs> there is a great great comment in here from for, in, in the Mixler room from So What, and it says, could it be that Rudiger said something in the dressing room or in training? Yeah, maybe. We don't know. We, we, we're assuming. No, I think he said it on... It was on an interview. It was an yeah, interview. But, but that may not be he the reason. He might have said something else, though. He might have said something else. That's what I mean. We don't see what oh, goes right. on. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and I think, you know, there might have been... We, we know that Louise apparently sat in the dressing room uh, after the Roma game and said that was all fucking wrong, you know, but whatever, and has subsequently been um, cold shoulders. Uh, perhaps it's something similar to like that. But then again, when you think about back to that Mourinho season, that dreadful bloody Mourinho season, we were crying out for a manager who would come in and put the players in their bloody place. Yeah. We were saying that at the time, you so we win, can't have can it both. You? I mean, it's no. you can't, and, and inevitably we end up trying to have it both ways. Um, Jonathan, you know, you 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 were talking about Cahill a minute ago. You know, obviously because uh, Rudiger being dropped allowed Cahill back in. I love Gary Cahill. I absolutely love him. He's like he's a bit like a 
a wonderful, faithful Labrador. Yes. That's, you know, that, that's knees are going and, and, and is shitting all over the kitchen floor because he's incontinent. But he, but he looks up at you with those big Labrador, lovely eyes, fluffy fur and all the rest of it saying... Please don't put me to, down at the vets because I'm. I, I can still. I can still do it, Governor. I really. I'm, you know. And then he shits himself again. I mean, but I love. I do love Gary Cahill for what he's done. I mean, you know, there is no questioning of his of his loyalty to this club. And in a, in, a, in an era where loyalty means shit, you know, you need to value that and players like Cahill. But I do fear, as I said in the in the in the build up, you know. He's too old to rock and roll. That's the thing. He's too old to rock and roll, but he's too young to die. So, yeah. you know, he, he looks like he's on the wane, but is he, Jonathan, you know? He looks oh, as if he needs... Jump in the gun. He needs an aqualung, Chidge, I think. Oh, very good. Very good. Very good. Yes, if anybody listening like won't get it, it's another Jethro Tull reference. Oh, well, I got that one straight away, you poor yeah, No, not you, Tony. I thought you might, but no. But uh, I'm just thinking to Mixler, anybody else listening, thinking... Yeah. Has somebody the... stolen his flute? Has somebody stolen his flute, mate? That's that's possibly the thing. Yes, or his uh, codpiece, or his yes, his tights. Or maybe uh, he's bursting out. Uh, yeah. No, I, 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 no, I, I. It's pretty obvious that he's uh, he's not the player he was, unfortunately. Um, no. And Rudiger is a much younger edition who uh, um, I think will be even better next year. So. Uh, I think that one of the dilemmas, of course, is that Christensen, for all his uh, his expertise, and is just still learning and isn't much of a personality yet, um, which I, I think he needs to develop. Because I always think centre-halves really need to, have, need to have personality. They need to be leaders. They need to have something uh, going for them. Um, uh, not that which they Rudiger is, I think. Which Rudiger yeah, is, I think. He's getting yeah. there. And he's, he's supposed to be the uh, the fastest runner in the team, isn't he? Doesn't he? Isn't he the big, the best sprinter the the club have got? Um, he's got the longest uh, legs. He's got the long. Yeah, he, also, he's he's a he's very good at delivering a a brilliant forty yard pass to the wing as well as we've uh, we've yeah. seen previously. No, I think he's a he's he's one to keep. You know, my my big thing will be um, next season, uh, presuming there is a new man. Of who he decides he wants to to get rid of and who he wants to hang on to, and particularly who he's going to uh, dip into the um, the low knees about who's he going to bring back. I mean, the the uh, um, one person who's been hitting the headlines is Van Ginkel, who we keep we keep renewing his contract, so he's still ours. He scored fourteen scored fourteen goals in Holland and captained um, PSV to winning the title this year. Mm. Surely he must have something to do with us next season. Surely, they're well, just going to. The, they I think the, the interesting, the interesting thing about that, of course, is that uh, is, is it UEFA or FIFA that are looking at the whole loan thing? And there's a chance that it, you know that we, it's. Ba- I think I think they're looking at a kind of use them or lose them policy. I'm not quite sure because I haven't really read up about it, but I remember it caught my eye last week. Tony, do you know anything about that? Uh, no, I don't. Um, but you can imagine that's the sort of thing they're going to go for. Um, you know, it's another way of exercising control over clubs, etc. And they've yeah. got a fair point. They've got a fair point. We have got a ridiculous amount of players out on loan that haven't come back to the club. Christensen is the first, isn't he? I think I, I, I can't. Yeah. Uh, forgive me well, if I'm Courtois, wrong. But, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cortez, of course. But um, uh, yeah, I guess at the end of the day, I, I 
uh, that's that's what worries me is what JK just alluded to there, which is the fact that you know a new new person comes in and starts yeah. to dismantle what's there, and then we're we're, we're back at we're a work in progress, and you never ever get out. Well, of that. It, it, here's the thing, Tony. Going going back to Cahill, I mean, yeah, look, he he might not be the player that he was. No. you know, he's been responsible for a few ricks this year, but he's not alone. There's been plenty of others no. that have been equally yeah, exactly. responsible. But I'll tell you what, mate, I I would keep him. I really would because. Let's be honest, he, I mean, it's not just because he's English, but, you know, there are very few players who have a link back to, you know, what we may look on in a few years' time as the, as the most glorious period in our history. Yeah. So there's an, I think he understands that culture, and we've been moaning all season about, oh, well, we don't have any leaders, we don't have John Terry and Frank Lampard anymore. Well, we don't, and that's true. And, I, and I, OK, I accept that Cahill may not be a great leader, but he understands this club. You know, and he, I think to lose fe- that would be a mistake. Been, yeah, he's been fiercely loyal, and and we are yeah. very quick to reject um, experience and 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 that kind of thing. You know, if there's a role, even if it's a year doing what JT did, which is standing in the dressing, yeah. you know, in the change room or whatever, um, advising, mentoring, helping, that sort of stuff. Then I think it's worth it. I think you're right. He's, you know, look, I've been a big staunch advocate. I mean, that guy came from Bolton Wanderers and won everything. Okay. He's won everything, okay? Um, you don't fluke that. And maybe, just maybe, he's at the end of his useful practical Premier League thing. The whole thing, there's a reminiscing going on about JT. But yeah. let's face it, if, if Aston Villa get promoted next year, JT comes back into that Premiership, he'll be left for dead by most of them now. Yeah, yeah. No matter what you say about being a great leader, you, you, you still need to have some mobility and some pace and some... I think uh, he knows it as well. Yeah, of course he does. Um, and I think maybe Cahill... I've always been a big advocate of the fact that we don't we don't coat ex players off particularly badly, not like other teams, you know. And I think there's a real good case here um, that if you're not going to keep him on, shake him by his hand, wish him the best, and let him go, okay? Because he'll always be warmly welcomed back at Stamford Bridge by the people who know football rather than the idiots who think he's shit and he's not my captain and all that rather stupid bollocks that goes on from from people, you know. So that's my view. Sadly, I agree with you. I think he's that Labrador stage. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. You know, we can agree occasionally. Listen, <laughs> let's move this on. Let's move this on to somebody who I have a serious man crush on, uh, which is, of course, Marcus Alonso. Uh, I, I, I don't think I, I don't think Marcus Alonso's legs have gone because he's old. I, I, I do think he's absolutely exhausted because mm. I don't think he's been as good as he has been recently. But I think he's just shagged out because he had to play every bloody game. Um <laughs> But having said that, you know, he'd still put in a superb cross for, uh, you know, Giroud's first goal. Arguably, he was at fault for certainly the first Southampton goal. Didn't trap back, yada, yada, yada. But mm. the, the real issue is, and I, I'll be honest with you, I mean, I was, I was at the game and I didn't really see, you know, what everybody's going on about until I, I ended up watching it on Match of the Day when I got home. Um, but it appears that in trying to get the ball... Uh, he he kind of lunged at uh, you know he basically caught long in the back of the knee looked really nasty actually on the telly. Uh, Mike Dean, from what I could see, was looking straight at it. Chose not to do anything. Yeah. Ever since uh, the BBC or Match of the Day and Sky have been initiating another Chelsea player crimes episode and trying to get him a retrospective three-game ban. So you know, key, I mean, for, the, the FA, what, mate? The FA are looking at it according to Twitter. Yeah. But uh, well, I, if Mike also, Dean says he didn't see it, then he'll get a ban. Yes. And also, if you slow it down, actually, it's worse. He wasn't going for the ball, though. What he was doing was he was trying to kick long. 
because Long had been kicking uh, as Pelaqueta and everybody, and uh, and the, and Dean had ignored it. So it was a, it was revenge, um, but it wasn't as bad as as it, all these things that the, in slow motion they, they look absolutely devilish. Some of these yeah. tackles, but in actual yeah. fact, he he was just trying to rake his studs down the back, which was which was a yellow a yellow card, but it wasn't ben, a leg leg breaking no. situation. But it's ben been, Davis did similar but, later on. Yeah, it's been blown up madly into an enormous growth. As you say, Chidge, it's been match of the day and Sky trying to get a Chelsea player done. Uh, so, I, it's so were, typical. Were you both at the game on Saturday? No, I, I didn't go. I was at home. Oh. So I even I, had I, Alex. I, even had hang on, Tony. Even had Alex been here tonight, like she should be. This is the rarest of rare occasions when I can hold up my hand and say I was the only one that was at the away game. We need to yes. just note, note that fact. It doesn't happen <laughs> yes, very often. It's, it's no can I say, though, Chich, can I say, I had a yep. ticket, but I can't walk properly, so I didn't go. Oh, bless you. That's right. I saw you last week and you were you were saying that. Oh, what a shame. You could have given it to Tony. I know, I should have. <laughs> Christ, you I know don't. what, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me know if you should bear me in mind. Listen, all I want to say about that, the whole Alonso crimes, which I was furious. I sat there after that game, um, and it was, uh, is it Kelly Cates and... Um, Kelly Dalgleish, uh, get it right. Kelly Dalgleish, you know where yeah. she comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the pundits that were in the in, in in there at the time, and Dennis Wise and Matt Letizia. So it was it was a balanced one. Let's be fair. Um, but yeah. I, even Wisey was going, oh, it's a, it's a red card web. Um, but they spent a quarter of an hour, I, I reckon, quarter of an hour going over that tackle again and again and again. They were looking for reasons why Chelsea didn't really deserve to win and it really pissed me off because there were other tackles there were other events in that game okay and even with the free kick that led to Giroud's goal they bloody overanalyzed it even you know Dermot Gallagher was there and he was basically saying you know whatever and they were trying to yeah, almost yeah. they were almost it's hounding right. him to say Absolutely well you know right, it was it the was, kind of look on his face wasn't there as if to say I don't know why yeah. you're doing this. Yeah, this is exactly. irrelevant. Because yeah. what I love about the refs is they never want to criticise each other. So they always find a reason. And it, he just said, well, he just played on, didn't he? Or he yeah, just, yeah. He, he just but, gave for the... They, and he said, Dennis said, why was it much further back? And he said, well, he did play an advantage, Dennis. He, yeah. just go, yeah. he had an yeah. answer for everything, Dermot Gallagher. He did. He did. Well, I love, it was, looking it slightly was amused at this effort somehow to make the free kick free kick kind of null and void and it all being it was, being uh, Dean's fault and how dreadful he was and it, and uh, yeah it was it was very pro Southampton it was, that, that, the, wasn't the very the very uh, the, the the best analysis I, I've seen of this um, was on goals on Sunday yesterday from Chris Kamara who said he doesn't think it stands a cat in hell's chance because he said if you if you slow it down and you see where Mike Dean was clearly saw that so if he says he didn't He's going to frame himself up for incompetence and find himself in the championship for a few weeks. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, exactly. So he, he's, he, no, it's his decision. If he says he didn't see it, then he's got a fucking eye problem. Okay. And shouldn't be refereeing. It was in front of him. He was no more than 10 feet away from it. He's and looking I think, right at it, Tony. He's I looking think, right I, at I it. I absolutely think he probably looked at that and thought to long. Yeah. Well, bollocks, you've been doing it all game and he's let that go. And I, if he's got anything about him, and he is one of the better referees at the moment, that's a real big thing to say. I think he'll probably say, yeah, I saw it. I didn't think there was anything in it. I, I can't yeah, see how he can say, so. well, I didn't see it, because he, he he's opening himself up for massive criticism there. And, and they're, yeah. you know, they're referees, they're, they are, you know, self-preservation is what they're all about. 
Well, let, let's hope so, because if, if he if he does do the daft thing and say, I didn't see it, then Alonso is without doubt going to get banned for Burnley, Saints, and well, the Cup, the semi-final, and, and Swansea. And frankly, there is a reason why he's uh, played in nearly every game and he's knackered, because I think he's superb. You know, I mean, I know everybody's clamouring out for Emerson, but we don't we don't really know about Emerson. We know what Alonso can do for us, and he's one of our key players, I think. Emerson yeah. looks like a player that um, uh, Conte might have had a hand in signing. I know we say he doesn't have a hand in anything, and this is why he's sulking so much. But it it, it struck me that he was, you know, he was at, from Italy, and, uh, and and looked the kind of player that he was after. Um, he, he might well be, but he's not really. He's only had, I think, someone described it earlier on. He's only had charity minutes in so far. He's only had like, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. I've not seen him on the picture. Even bloody question, I wouldn't know him if he fell over me. But he's, he's another <laughs> man recovering from injury, isn't he? Because he had a yeah, crucial yeah. problem. But no, so so at least we'd be able to look at be able to look at him playing. It's not as if we've got nobody able to play there. No, no, exactly. So it's an interesting. Well, there we go. It was you, your point was I think the BBC were weren't <laughs> the Sky thing, Chidge, and you would have been at the game. You'd have probably been sinking your first pint of Guinness or whatever after the game when yeah, I was yeah. there, furiously, and I tweeted about it. I said it's just absolutely shocking, and it was it was Costa crimes all over again. And I I you know I don't want to keep saying that the press is or the media are biased against us, but in this particular case, I don't recall seeing that kind of focus on a bad tackle. They certainly didn't do it for is it Ben Davis? Was he the one the Tottenham player no. that raped yeah, yeah. Aguero, I think on or he he raped one of the players or whatever, and it was a similar tackle. Uh, uh, it was actually probably arguably a worse tackle. Um, I think he got a yellow card for it. Um, yeah. but, I mean, I'll be honest with you, Tony. I've seen a lot worse tackles yes, than uh, yes. Alonso's. A lot worse. You know, that yeah. wasn't a leg breaker. It was nasty, no. but it wasn't a leg yeah. breaker. So, no. I don't know. I think maybe you're right. I think I think we get I think we get treated harshly in comparison yes. to others, and that's the reality. Um, maybe it's because they all like Southampton and they don't want them to get relegated. And I have to say, uh, just to kind of put a line under this. Um, you know, I would be very sorry to see Southampton go down yeah. because uh, they're kind of they're my local team, really. But and I've got a lot of mates who support them. But actually, that's not it. The reality is is that the Southampton away trip is without doubt the best away of the season for various reasons, and yet again it proved to be so. And I mean, wonderful that we 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 got a win as well, and it was a and you know proper win where you're two 0 down, you get three goals. No, it's lovely. You just can't beat that feeling. Yeah. You know, when you're on the terraces, when when a team comes back like that. But the other thing is that, you know, all the usual and unusual suspects seem to turn up for Southampton away. I mean, I saw Walter Rotten, haven't seen him for ages. Uh, Mr. X, those all know who I mean, was there. I mean, it was just a brilliant, brilliant uh, trip. And, you know, I'll be sorry to see them go because it's a cracking away trip. Um, however, there is a silver lining. If they do go down, it looks like Fulham are coming back up and, and Wolves are coming back up. And I, yeah. I, I do, I, I've got a soft spot for Wolves, actually. I really want to go to that one next season. That'll be a cracker. I'm going to get to a few more away games next season. Let's hope we can get to Southampton together and then uh, wander around um, Alton or Alsford or Winchester afterwards um, on a pub no, walk. Mate, I don't get back. <laughs> I don't get back. Well, yeah, there is that. I mean, you know, there, there are. I saw John Proctor actually. Yeah. I saw John Proctor, and there are more. There are more pub outings planned for the summer, Tony. Good, no good, rats good, good. this year. 
no nope. rat this year, but there are more pub outings planned. So watch this space. But will do. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's a great away day. It's there's nothing quite like it. it there really isn't. I had I had such huge fun. Look, we've got a few minutes. I'm not, I'm going to boy. I'm not going to do the bash you eye thing. Apparently, he hasn't got a broken leg. He's got uh, severely oh. damaged ligaments. He's going to miss the rest of the season. Uh, but he might make the World Cup. So that, uh, we've just done that. Very, very quickly, I saw the um, the announcement today that uh, they are um, welcoming our votes for Player of the Year, uh, which, of course, the supporters vote for, which, of course, means Hazard always wins it because the supporters vote for it, i.e. all the fanboys. Um, so I'm, I've got three questions, really. Um, who who are you voting for? Who will win it? And does anyone actually deserve to win it this year? First of First of all, you, Tony. This is a tough one because you know, I, Isn't you it? know, fucking hell, I mean, player of the year for me, I, I'm probably still going to go with, uh, uh, with, with Eden Hazard just because what he did up to the, you know, up to January. And, uh, there was a lovely moment after he's, he, he's, that goal he got was a cracker. I mean, the first touch was beautiful, the finish sublime, um, to equalize against Southampton. And there was a lovely little bit, which I don't know if you all noticed from the crowd, but he did, he touched the badge, just tapped it twice. Um, and and he's, he's come out with a very interesting quote today about you know people keep comparing me with Messi and Ronaldo and all this sort of stuff. I know I'm not that level. I'm just trying to be Eden Hazard, the same Eden Hazard that I've been for the last ten years. So I think he's a lot more humble than people make out. I'm hoping, you know, I still think if we can get him on another three-year contract or something like that, that would be the single most important signing we could do. Um, so I, I would give it to him. Other than that, you, you're looking at people like Azpilicueta, but I thought we had a bit of a stinker on Saturday and, 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 and I called Emperor's new clothes and had people jumping all over me saying, you can't say that about him. And I said, well, I can because Bertrand just left him for dead, pushed him off the ball to lay in the ball uh, for Tadic. I thought it was, you know, it was, but he was, you know, it was a number of crimes we've had all season. It's very, very hard to pick out anybody maybe maybe you touched on it with Marcus Alonso because he's is he, is he played every game he's played pretty much most of them isn't he he's been fabulous um William another option but I think he blowed blows a bit hot and cold from time to time he was a bit cold on certainly on Saturday but then he had a hand in certainly two of the goals didn't he um but yeah I, I'm probably going to go for Eden Hazard I just think he is by far and away our best player and yes he's off song so's the whole team but his moment of magic uh, on on Sunday, he, you know that goal he got against Watford out of nothing to bring us back into a game, and then we capitulated afterwards. That wasn't really his fault. So yeah, I'd be going for that. And and everyone, yeah. someone will always deserve it. And Golo Kante as well. I mean, let's face it. Yeah. Um, I thought he had a quiet game by his standards, and then in that 20 minute period after Giroud come on, suddenly Kante was everywhere again. Whereas before, I think he was you know caught in the mire. Yes, drowning, caught drowning. in the mire of... Yeah. Yes, exactly. That's what happens to him. He gets swamped. Yeah. Mate, that's really interesting. That's kind of answered the last question, which is, does anyone deserve it this year? And actually, you've reminded me that there are plenty. Actually, it echoes what a lot of people on Mixler were saying. There's a lot of Alonso, Kante, uh, Willian. Uh, no hazards, actually, interestingly no. enough, I don't no. think. Nobody that's because they, they, but... they don't know football, none of them. All Kante of them for me. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah. You've just they're been all, beaten out of Mixler, I, apparently. Have I? Um, they're all wrongins. <laughs> Yeah, uh, please refer your comments to Tony Glover, who is in Mixler with you at the moment, I believe. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, what say you, dear boy? Kante, for me. Pourquoi? Hello? Pourquoi? Pourquoi? I thought you said you've gone quiet. Pourquoi? No. (laughs) Uh, 
I just think he's uh, he's been uh, the best player. Been really consistent. He's the he's a uh, he's completely classy. He's world class. Um, uh, occasionally there's a dip from him, but um, uh, I think he deserves better players around him. Um, as does Hazard. I mean, I've talked about this before. I think we should we could reduce the the team to uh, um, four four players who, who we talk about not having a spine, but I'm happy to have them in the team. Um, under a new manager with uh, new purchases or and uh, some of the reserves coming back, uh, Loney's coming back and uh, a couple of very big players, which I have complete faith will take place in the summer. Absolutely. Have, I don't, but I don't, Kante, I don't, but Kante, Kante's your man then, is he, for player yeah, of the year? Yeah, yeah. And I yeah, think, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's been great. He's a, he's oh, a wonderful, enough. wonderful player. Yeah, I mean, and fair enough. Because, I, 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 um, I mean... You know what? For me, it doesn't boil this year. You know, because they've not been brilliant. Let's be honest. This year, for me, it's actually about commitment as well as anything mm. else. You know, it's not about who's the most skillful player, which is absolutely hazard, no doubt. Who scored the most goals? Hazard probably will. But for me, it's who's shown the most commitment. Who has tried every game to, you know, make it make us bloody win? And I would say Kante is up there. I have to say, absolutely. Um, I, I like the idea. I think William actually puts it in. I, I, I see what you mean about blowing hot and cold, but I think he gives it everything when he plays <clears> for us. Yeah. Um, I do like Hazard. I think Hazard gets an unfair rap sometimes because I think it's, he's a victim of his own status in the team. And I think it quite often he has to carry the burden of Chelsea yes. on his own. And, you know, the minute he's slightly not as good as he normally is, he gets a lot of stick, really, I think. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, Alonso, again, you know, I think he puts it in every game. Uh, Aspie's another one, although, you know, I agree with you, Tony, he's had an off game. But then they all have this season. Yes, I have. Um, I think I, I, I might vote Alonso just because I have such a huge man crush on him and also because the Spurs fans hate him. Yeah, so no, vote, no for votes me. for Tebow, then. That's strange. Who? Who? Caballero, was that? Yeah, for Caballero. <laughs> yeah. Beaky, you I know think what? his nickname is now, isn't it? You know, just, we don't want to get emails from to- uh, from uh, Clayton Beerman complaining uh, about our, uh, us. So I will, I will say this about Tebow. We've been goalkeepers all, then, are we? <laughs> well, for all the stick that we've given him, mate, for all the stick that we've given him, he was superb yesterday. He made a couple of superb saves yesterday. He's got it in his locker. He's a great player. Yeah, as long he as he, you know, if he kept his trap shut, we would yeah. love him a lot more. Is how I would say that. Right, yeah. I'm going to wrap that up now because we need to move to part three. Uh, when I'm going to tell you all about these exciting things called the Football Blogging Awards, uh, so you can vote for us and Gion and Alex. Um, we've got the usual sports notices, of course, and then uh, I'm really looking forward to this. I hope you do too. I mean, this is great fun. I, I'm, you know, I mean, it's it's somewhat self-indulgent of me. I'll grant you that. But uh, I got to interview Kurt Brandon, who is a punk legend and the man behind Theatre of Hate and the Spear of Destiny, and of course is a Chelsea supporter. I interviewed him last week all about that. So uh, really, really looking forward to that. Uh, okay, we'll speak to you in a sec. Cheech. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. 
They have. Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match, and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow, great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month, and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. (laughs) Where do I sign up, Jidge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge and you're listening to the Chelsea Fancast with the one and only, the star of the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport Radio, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Well, Chidge, I couldn't be uh, the star without you. You're the star maker. But that's because Aaron Paul loves you, Jonathan. He loves you. No, I think he went off me a bit. I think he went for um, for Canners a bit more, actually, on Friday. I think he thought you were sulking, but you were right. You were just giving due deference to the legend that is Paul Canaver, which I, yeah, I thought was absolutely how it should be. I know. Yeah. But you did confuse him. I think it's good. Keep them on their toes, mate. That's what I say. Um, anyway, lovely to have JK on with us, as always. Uh, and, of course, we've got my one of my great Chelsea mates, a man that I don't ever get to drink enough beer with, but a man no. with whom, if I could spend the rest of my life drinking beer with, it would be Tony Glover. That's too kind of you, but it would be great, wouldn't it? Um, and we would be definitely... Both wearing our, our, our wax jackets and our flat caps, we would be last of the summer, Chelsea properly then wouldn't we, we would be we would be it'd be, it'd be a race to see whose liver went pop first wouldn't it Tony? <laughs> <laughs> you, you know after the Tottenham weekend I can't remember if you were on the show or not but after the Tottenham weekend I actually woke up on the Monday and thought I had gout really oh I've had gout mate and that is it's a nasty bastard that is I'll tell you I know yeah. I actually really thought I had it uh, can I say something that I don't think I do yes 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 don't have your livers go pop, please. I'm too fond of you both. <laughs> well, it won't happen, JK. Mine, mine nearly did uh, in in 2006, and I stopped drinking for seven months, and it, it, it got better. Anyway, enough of my medical ailments. Um, talking of medical ailments, I know the cure for all known medical ailments in the world and those that are yet to be discovered, and it's simple. All you have to do is go to chelseafancast.com and read the wonderful blogs 
that are corralled and edited and crafted lovingly by the wonderful Hion Carbis, who is in Mixler right now, who is the editor. And the best thing of all about them, none of them are written by me, so you're safe. Go and check it out. You won't regret it. Um, right, uh, one thing that you can do, because we do so many things for you guys. I mean, we do it anyway, because we love doing it. But uh, one thing that you can do for us... And when I say us, I mean the Chelsea fancast, and I also mean uh, Gion, because of the work that he does. And I also mean the girl who is supposed to be here on the show with us tonight, but is not here, but I still love her anyway. And that is that you can vote for all of us in the Football Blogging Awards. Now, those of you who know, who have been listening to us for a while, will know that we've won uh, the Best uh, Podcast Award uh, for the Football Blogging Awards in 2012 and 2015. Uh, and obviously, we'd like to win it again. Uh, um, but to do that, we need you to vote. Now, the voting finishes at 10 o'clock on Wednesday morning, Wednesday the 18th. It's really, really, really easy to vote. The best way to vote is if you're on Twitter, just go to the Chelsea Fancast page and the pinned tweet actually, uh, if you click on it, it will generate an automatic tweet, which is your voting tweet. But failing that, just write into Twitter, I am voting in at the FBAS for at Chelsea Fancast in the category hashtag FBA podcast hashtag FBAS. Simple. Now, if you can't do that, just go to our website, the ChelseaFancast.com website, and in the in the view from Stamford Chidge, there'll be a blog there uh, which says vote for us in the FBAs. Go to that blog and you can do it online from that blog. Easily done. Now, whilst you're doing that and you need to do it, before Wednesday otherwise we won't get nominated we don't get nominated we can't win it it's that simple but as well as voting for us we need you to vote for Alex the lovely girl who loves balls girl who likes balls even Uh, she's going up for the best new football blog so if you've ever read her insanity after a game uh, and you want to duly reward her then you need to vote for her same principle I'm voting in the at uh, sorry I'm voting in at the FBAs for at CFC GWLB in the category hashtag FBA new blog hashtag FBAS and last but by no means least uh, the lovely man himself he's in Mixler now but Gion Carbis who edits the website but he writes a lot of stuff on the website writes much better than me so I don't have to uh, but he got nominated for best young blogger a couple of years ago and he's he's standing for it again so if you want to vote for Gion as the best young football blogger or vogger then you do, do it on Twitter again I am voting in at the FBAS for at C-A-R-B-I-S-L-L-I in the category hashtag FBA Young Blogger hashtag FBAS and as I said if, you, if you're not on Twitter don't worry you can just go to our website ChelseaFanCast.com go to the view from Stanford Chidge there's a blog on there that says vote for us in the FBAs you can do it all online there vote now vote early and vote often as Martin Levy my dear buddy from the early days of the FanCast used to say so there we go right a few more parish notices uh, the Chelsea Supporters Trust, if you want to join the trust and get your voice heard by the club, it's free to join up as a member. Absolutely free. Nada, zilch, nothing. Uh, just go to the website, uh, chelseasupporterstrust.com, uh, and you can sign up there. But if you want a badge and be able to vote and attend the meetings, then you do need to upgrade to be a voting member, and that costs you £5 a year. But otherwise, just go and sign up and then join join in the, the crew and uh you know get your voice heard as i said also we have events we have uh, meetings uh when they when they actually have a football match at a convenient time uh it's great there's a you know there'll be an sgm coming up soon a newsletter out soon too i promise you we'll get on the case follow them on twitter at chelsea s trust 
CPO, if you want to join the CPO, of course, they protect the future of the club uh, and making sure that uh, football will always be played at Stamford Bridge. Uh, and you can buy a share in the CPO um, quite easily. Just go to info at Chelsea Pitch Owners or go to the Chelsea Football Club website, chelseafc.com. Just search for Chelsea Pitch Owners. Uh, shares have been reduced to 25 quid a pop, I believe, these days. They used to be 100, so it's a lot more affordable. So do go and check that out. Um, the the latest CFC UK is probably no longer available, but there is a new one due because uh, the deadline for me writing an article for them is this Friday. So there'll be one coming out shortly. Uh, if you want to get one in person, then just go to the stall, which is the CFC UK stall opposite Fulham Broadway Tube on a match day. Um, it's also available at the away matches. But if you're in the States, you can follow at CFC UK USA. Uh, and if you want to get a copy through them, just tweet them and they'll sort it out. Or alternatively, go to cfcuk.net. And you can subscribe online and digitally. Uh, and also contact at dlundberg underscore. And he'll tell you how to get a CFC UK, uh, CFC UK copy in the States. Finally, last but by no means least, a massive collective shout out. And a massive thank you to the lovely um, people who have joined our Patreon website. And who have donated to Patreon. It's incredibly kind of you. Uh, there is no pressure for people to do likewise, but if you do appreciate what we do, you know, as I said, the, the fanzine charge charges only a pound, so you know, just a nominal kind of dollar a show gives you about five dollars a month. Bung it into Patreon, and it all helps me to get pissed on a Saturday. Sorry, it all helps to cover the costs of the show. But uh, as I said, no pressure, uh, and I am thinking I, I'm getting some really good ideas from people about what we can do for the Patreon people, which I think is lovely. They pay for it, so. Maybe a bit of special content for them, but I've got some ideas. I will let you know during the summer what we plan to do. Um, but anyway, if you want to donate, it's very easy. You just go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. We love you for doing that, those of you who have done it. And I'll start giving you a shout out if you want to, but I need to email you and ask you your permission. All right, enough of me prattling on. Um, as I said earlier... Um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a man of a certain age, and when I was growing up, I was very into kind of punky bands, post-punk bands, kind of early 80s stuff, and I used to kind of divide my weekends between, you know, going to see bands like Killing Joke and St- uh, The Cult, Spear of Destiny, Theatre of Hate, all of that lot, uh, and, and, you know, quite often it would coincide with a weekend at the, you know, a Saturday at the football, so perfect marriage in heaven, you know, football and punk rock for me. Uh, and uh, one of, well, many of these bands are still going. One of them is Spear of Destiny, uh, and in fact also his other incarnation, Theatre of Hate. And I recently found out uh, through Twitter that Kirk Brandon, who is the man behind both of those great bands, uh, is a massive Chelsea supporter. And I, I got in touch with him. I said, mate, brilliant stuff. Any chance we could do an interview with you? And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I'm, when I'm not so busy, I'll certainly do that. Uh, and I managed to squeeze it in before I went to see him doing his acoustic set uh, in Winchester and in London uh, last uh, Sunday. Uh, and a fantastic interview it is too. I, I, I'll tell you now, the interview is so good, the full-length video is 45 minutes long. Uh, and I thought, I can't play that in the fan cast. So what you've got here is the edited version, so like the match of the day edit uh, of the Kurt Brandon interview. It's about 25 minutes long, but it's really good. He talks about uh, how he found Chelsea... And he's been going a long time, I can tell you, uh, what he thinks of the, of, the, of the current team and the manager. And also about, you know, what he thinks about the connection between Chelsea and Punk, because there's a massive one, if you know. And also a little bit about his new album for Spear of Destiny and the tours he's got coming up. It's a cracker. I commend it to you. It will be with you very shortly. Right, I mean, it's an absolute, an absolute honour and a privilege to have Kurt Brandon from Theatre of Hate, Spear of Destiny, Dead Men Walking on the Chelsea fancast. 
what what Kirk doesn't know is that uh, in the early eighties. I, I split my life between following bands like Spear of Destiny at the Palais and the Lyceum and then Saturday afternoons at the bridge watching the likes of Kerry Dixon. So that is am- it's amazing for me to have you on the show, Kirk, I've got to say. Thank you very much. That's brilliant. Thanks. You, you gave us a lot of pleasure back in those days and you still are now. We'll talk about that later. But the first thing I've got to pick up on, uh, you did this yeah. amazing tweet to me not so long ago. Uh, You've got a fascinating family connection to Chelsea. Your grandfather was at the first Chelsea home game at Stamford Bridge, wasn't he? That's correct. That's absolutely correct. My my cousin, uh, David McCleave, who's um, uh, about 10 years older than me, I was went round to his house in Wimbledon not so long ago. I hadn't seen him since I was about 14, although we speak on the phone every five or 10 years. And uh, he said, do you know something? You know your grandfather? I said, yeah. He said, you know, we're all Chelsea. I said, yeah, of course we are. He said, well, your grandfather was at the actual first uh, Stamford Bridge game ever when he was like a teenager, a very young teenager. I said, you're joking. He said, no, it's absolutely true. He's very proud of it. Well, you know, when he was alive. I mean, he died in the 70s. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was really, uh, you know, fantastic, you know. My dad took me as a boy, you know, four or five, down to the down to the bridge. We stood in the shed. <laughs> Why he took me to the shed, I don't know. Well, it was the, on, the only place to be, Kirk. It was the only place to be. I mean, so that would have been what? That would have been uh, late 60s, early 70s? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, well, 60s, yeah. You know, and... Um, I, I got some real memories of that, you know, going there. I was only a little lad, you know, and there's all the skinheads there and all the all the, all the maniacs. And um, I always remember a couple of instances. One, one was this bloke up the back. It was a skinhead up the back. And he had this bucket. He brought a bucket. Don't ask me. And he brought this bucket. And he's banging the daylights of it up the back, just banging it, banging and banging and banging it. I always thought it was really bizarre, even though, even as a boy, you know, a teenager. I thought, of course, he's really mad. <laughs> and uh, I mean, <laughs> but it all it all just added to it. It was brilliant, you know. And another time we had this, <laughs> we had an old geezer die. If anyone out there remembers this, then they'll, they'll know what I'm talking about. He died in the shed. And so what they did, the game carried on. They had like a raincoat on. I always remember he had a raincoat, and they they passed him out on their hands over their heads and there's some stewards down the bottom and some of the blokes jumped out and um, they took his body and they laid him behind the goal and the game just carried on. Good grief. <laughs> when, when was Even this? Dead. When was this? No, it's funny. Oh God, I don't know. 60s, 70s? Um, yeah, oh, 60s. Yeah. 60s. And, um, and it was just really... I mean, everyone's. I'm laughing about it. It was actually a respectful silence up there. Yeah, the shed yeah. At that moment. It was kind of like the old the old geezer had died, and they just and it, it seemed natural. Just lay him out behind the uh, behind the netting, and that's where he stayed. And the game carried on. Blimey! Well, if you're going to go, and, uh, I can think of worse ways. What a way to go! Brilliant. Absolutely. Absolutely brilliant. So, so basically, you, you know, yeah. you come from a long, a long. Well, I mean, you can trace your Chelsea lineage in your family right back to the beginning, which is. A, I don't think I've ever met anybody who has a connection to that first game. But your, your dad took you along. I mean, you're, you're a Westminster boy, aren't you? 
Yeah, I'm from Westminster. West, we're an old Westminster family and been there for, I don't know, 140 years. You know, in the cheap seats before anyone starts having a go. <laughs> it's you changed know, a bit and, now, um, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah, and in World War Two, yeah. they, uh, they went down in the, uh, you know, in the uh, Westminster Tube. And when they come up, not, not, not only was their house gone, the street was gone. £5,000 bombs Oof. on it. Like pre-World War Two. On an A to Z, you'll see Isha Street. Post forty-five, there is no Isha Street, so they they bundled them, God knows where, and then they built them um, the marzipan flats down Osfrey Road, Page Street. I know, yeah, the Page. Uh, well, that, the, yeah, yeah, I, that's, yeah. that's where they ended up. Yeah, you're right. They are. They're marzi like 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 checkerboards, aren't they? Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I probably got it wrong. It's probably Battenberg. Okay, that's probably what yeah. It is. That would work. You know, it's that like would squares. Work. You know, yeah, like, yeah. As we've got photographs of me when I was a kid out the back, you know, with my sister and my mum, and and it was I always thought they're black. The whole buildings were black, and then somebody had the idea of cleaning everything. Mm. And when they cleaned it, it's it's black and white squares. Yeah, it's amazing. It is amazing. It like, yeah. looks like a cake. Yeah, great stuff. So you know, early memories going to Chelsea. Do you, do you remember your first game, Kirk? Um. I think so. I think I do. I, I mean, I can't be sure. I was very young. Yeah. I was, you know, about four or five, you know. And Dad took me along on his shoulders. And um, I think I was more interested in the hot dogs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we watched the game and, you know. And I, oh, I'll never, never forget it. The, no. The, um, you know, right down the other end from what was the shed in them days, right down the other end, um, we used to stand there on them, what do you call it? You know, the the, uh, the concrete steps, the iron yep. railings, you know. It's gone out there, is what they're called. Uh, of course, the terraces, obviously. It's terraced. And we um, stand And I always remember um, Dad and all these blokes. And all these blokes, have, like Dad had come back from World War Two, and, you know, and I always remember them just going, everyone going mental swearing and shouting and it and, and only in later years have i realized what what it actually was it's basically an exorcism yep it's like an exorcism <laughs> with all that stuff from world war Two. yeah and yeah and then they go absolutely mental and then every now and then some bloke would shout something out that was really funny and you'd have like a hundred blokes laughing yeah yeah uh, and I, I remember that i remember that distinctly Dad, his, his veins were bulging. He was punching his palms in his hands. He was, you know, trying to mangle the railings. He's going mental, as they all were. Mm. You know, and I always, I always remember this as a boy. I never felt frightened, but I just didn't really quite understand what was going on. Mm. You know, obviously I didn't, but you know. But I mean, it was brilliant times. You know, it's exciting. You know, it's, it's really exciting. And still is. I'm. I'm not looking back through the rosy glasses and going, you know, yeah, when I was a boy and all this. Bit. No, it's just as exciting the day. Yeah. Well, I, I will look through rose tinted spectacles because I, I think that a lot of a lot of that has been lost in football. And I think that at the end of the day, it, it's it's raison d'être. It's reason to be is so working men could let their hair down on a Saturday and just go for it. And I think I think it has changed. And I, I'll be honest with you, Kirk. I, I don't think it's changed for the better. Although I have to be honest to say the football that we watch there nowadays is slightly better than it was when I first started going, that's for sure. I mean, did you get along much these days? 
Uh, every now and then, yeah. My um, my girlfriend's got a, a gang that have been going to Chelsea all their lives, and um, they, uh, you know, when one of them gets ill or doesn't want to go to a game, then we get offered up, you know, the ticket so we so we can go. Or in actual fact, she sees more games than I do. <laughs> she goes with the, the Chelsea girls. It's a, right. a bunch of about six women, and um, they will they will go there and they love it absolutely. Chelsea fired, you know, completely. Mm. You know, Lovely. Um, and every now and then, I, every now and then I get want to go along. So a lot of the time I'm sort of busy, but if I can make it, I will be there. You know, oh, I, yeah. I love it. Um, we should talk a little bit about about this season, Chelsea, because I know you and I occasionally, you know, share a bit of a chat on on Twitter about what we think's been yeah. going right or wrong. Um, it's been yeah. a funny old season, hasn't it, compared to last season, which was superb. But this season's been a bit... There's, there was an expression going around the pub on Sunday after the match, and the, the general consensus was it's all a bit meh. Um, you know, I, I'm always try, I always look at it. I'm always, I always try to read into it, you know, about the players. And you think, are these blokes actually doing it? Or are they actually doing it for themselves? Are they actually doing it for their... Their teammates are they really trying? Mm. You know, you know. You're always looking to see if the team is performing as a team. Um, and I'm going to go against the run of um, the run of dialogue, probably. And I, and I think they have. I think you know, like the, the game the other day, you know, against West Ham. Mm. If um, what's his name? If Joe Hart hadn't pulled off like miracle saves. Yeah. It would have been three one Chelsea. Yeah. But for some reason there was Joe Hart with his very end of his fingertips, you know, swerving balls outside the post. And um that header from you know, Oliver, Giroux, you know, that should have gone in, but for some reason he got there. Mm. Mm. Uh so really there was two um absolutely glaring goals that would have got in any other situation that had gone in except Joe Hart decided to turn up times 100 yeah, and yeah. Uh, and save, save the day at the West Ham um, so if that had been the score and you'd had an in, slightly inferior goalkeeper and it had been 3-1 they wouldn't be going well it's not so bad Yeah, it's just you're up against you know arguably the best goalkeeper the best goalkeeping you know you you see for Joe Hart in years. Yeah, yeah. Just, I, you know, I think it's a bit. You know, we had a bit of a ding dong about it on 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 the fan cast uh, last night. You know, me and Clayton were very much. Yeah. It's all about perspective. You know, it's not quite as bad as you think it is. And Jonathan and, and Marco were very much. No, they've had it. They're all feeling really negative about it. And and we were kind of really saying that we think a, a lot of the negative because there is a lot of negativity around the club at the moment, certainly in the supporters. And and, and my feeling is it's yeah. it's kind of come from Conte really because he's been he's moaned a lot this season and he's been quite negative about what's been going on. And I, you know, it's a bit like that. You know, the old fish rots from the head syndrome. Yeah. Um. It's hard. It's really hard to say. Yeah. I, mean, I, I'm on. I'm me personally, like like everyone else, like all, all the fans. We're on the outside looking yep, in. Absolutely. And what really goes on in that change of room or out at Cobham? What really goes on? You will not know. Yep. You know, and and people, you know, it's like bands. You know, bands get in getting funny moods, and when they get in a funny mood together. 
doesn't really work. No one really understands why. And then all of a sudden you go out and play a show. For some reason, everybody turns up. They come on stage and, you know, everyone's laughing and joking and swearing at each other and, and saying, you know, where, where the f- you, where you been the last six yeah. months? Yeah. You know, and then they'll turn around and say, where have you been? Yeah. And, and for some reason it clicks. And it, I... I sort of think it might be like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm imagining, I'm not in it. Obviously, I'm not down there at Cobham. I'm not part of it. I'm just some bloke. But, you know, it's... You know, do you know what I mean? You don't yeah. really know. No, you don't. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe, you know, he, he's... He, Conte's sitting there feeling a bit uh, vulnerable. And, um, you know, the team aren't really you know, tucking the goals away. And uh, they've had a lot of luck go against them, you know, e.g. West Ham the other day. But um, I don't know, I don't know. It, it, it's a funny thing. And it, as people keep saying at the end of the day, where are you in the in, a, in the league, at Premiership, and where, you know, are you winning? Are you winning? Mm. You're not. Mm. Right, so there's a problem. Yeah, that, right. that's a fair so point. What's the problem? And then they start looking for the problem. Next thing you know, it's him. No, 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 it's him. No, it's that, them two. And then, and then before you know it, the, the, the rumor mill starts, and a lot of these players get on. Um, uh, you know, they go on social media and they say, "Hang about, it's all about me." It's been really horrible to me, you know, or, or negative or. Unpositive, or what do you want to say? I don't know. Maybe the, I mean, the young guys that they, they might be swayed by that. I, mm. I don't know. Mm. I don't really don't know. No, I, th- I this think this is just conjecture. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. You know, we, we don't know, and, and and we'll never know. I, I do like I do like your comparison though with the football team being like a band and if that's the case Chelsea for me this season have, have been a band playing all the right notes, but quite quite probably in the wrong order. <laughs> You know. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm I'm glad you've uh, you've introduced the concept of music because I, I'm absolutely dying to talk to you uh, about music. As I said, you know, talk about football heroes. Uh, without sounding too gushing and fanboy, you were one of my musical heroes when I was a kid. So, but it, it's fascinating with Chelsea, isn't it? Because there's a huge, huge, huge uh, connection between Chelsea and music, especially punk. I mean, you know, we were talking before we. Started yeah. recording, you know, Joe Strummer, Charlie Harper, the members, Paul Cook, Steve Jones, Billy Idol, John O'Neill, Madness. And I mean, I could go on. I mean, there's so many, you know, great uh, musicians from the kind of the punk and post-punk era who, who are Chelsea supporters. And yeah. I can't, I've been racking my brains to think why this is. And I can't find an answer. I, I wonder if you could shed any light on it at all. I can't, you know. I mean, I'm, I mean, a, a lot of these people are, are West London. You yeah, know? yeah. Like Joe, I mean, I don't really know where Joe came from. Well, they were but, all up in Labrador you know, Grove, well, weren't I, they? It's all around Elgin Avenue, yep. Labrador Grove. You know, it's all, you know, Paul Cook, Steve Jones, Shepherd's Bush. Yeah. One of my great mates, Robin Goodridge, who plays drums in Bush. Obviously, Shepherd's Bush. Yep. You know, um, uh, I mean, they're all kind of West London boys, and I, I don't know why it goes with. Why, is, why isn't it, you know, someone else, QPR or whatever? I don't know. Um, well, we lost Mick Jones just, to QPR, didn't we? Yeah, well, I do. I just about forgive and, uh, him. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but, 
sorry, I'm a bit hard about this. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we we. I think it's the romanticism of Chelsea's. For me, I think it's a romantic thing. Chelsea's kind of it's a myth, you know. Yeah. When you when you buy into the myth, you buy into the the whole thing, and it's it, it's a buzz, isn't it? It's, it's a buzz that's with you all your life, you know. And I know, you know, I went on um, when I was in Los Angeles some years back. I went on Jones's jukebox. Oh, did you, you? Know, Steve Jones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Pistols, yeah, yeah, and. Um, I went in and I'd, I'd met Steve in the old days when he was having a bit of a bad time. I didn't, you know, I didn't really know him, and um, and then you know he's done brilliantly, you know, with his radio show and all the rest of it in America. And uh, and first thing he goes, cutting it. The first thing he said to me, "You're trusting you?" I went, yeah. And I, how <laughs> he, he commandeered me for the whole radio show. And the other people was with. He wasn't interested. <laughs> he wanted to know what the team was doing. Right, talking to music, Kirk. Uh, one of Go my on favourite bands, Spirit Destiny. You've got a new album out, 14th studio album, am I right? Tontine. Um, I've got to be yeah, honest, I've 14th. given yeah, I've given it a listen, and I've got to say, it's 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 just got it's got classic Spirit of Destiny all written all over it. You know, I mean, your vocals yeah. get better and better and better with age, mate. How, how does that work? A bit like old cheese, it matures. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, th- I think I'm just lucky. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've lost, I've lost uh, an octave and a half at the very yeah, top. Yeah. I don't sound like a cat screaming anymore. But um, you know, it's 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 a real tenor voice now. Mm. So, you know, I'm v- I'm very lucky to still have a voice. A mm. lot of my contemporaries don't have voices. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, it's people. You know, we've had fantastic reviews. Yeah. In classic rock, mojo, louder than war, etc., etc., and they've all been glowing reviews on it. Well, I think it is. You know, I mean, I'm not banging a drum, but I, I am proud of it. I think it's a great album. There's some fantastic songs on it, and the sound, the actual sounds on it, are great. We're absolutely first class. But it's, at the end of the day, it's the songs, and I think there's some fantastic songs on it. And it's a, it's a great collection of songs. You know. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, that's how it came across to me. I mean, it's got, you know, as I said, it's got classic overtones of, of the spirit of Destiny that I, I knew and love as a kid, but it's got a maturity about it. It's quite dark and moody as well, I think. It's quite soulful. That's how I'd describe it, you know, some of the songs on there. It's 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 quite a moody album. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Um, there is... Is it dark? Yeah, it's dark. It's I think so. Parts of it, parts of it yeah. are. There's no denying it. Yeah. It's it's not intentionally done like that. It's just the way it is. Like, you know, songs like I did one about Brighton. Yeah. Um, and um, that, that's pretty. And the, sorry, the other one is Mr. Livingston, I presume. Yes. That is that is a sad tale. Yeah. Uh, a great mate of mine sort of ended up in Brazil. Dead, you know, he's one of these people who had everything, absolutely everything. Made it himself, made his own money, did property, dumpty dumpty, and um, ended up in Brazil and we all went tragically wrong out there. But it, it's one of them songs that you just write because you do. It's like you write about things which you actually care about. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean that's. Uh, I, I mean, I can't write. I can't write a song to order. No, that's not how I work. 
Um, listen, old fruit. We got we've yeah. got the. Uh, it's, it's also you know talking of Spear of Destiny as we were. It's the thirty five thirty fifth yeah. anniversary of Grapes of Wrath this year, is it not? That's correct. Yeah. There we go. So I got yeah, something right then. <laughs> well, I should know because I remember buying the bloody thing. But uh, you're celebrating <laughs> that. You're celebrating that with a with so a spirit. I was the yeah. I was the one who bought it. You know, flying Scotsman. Oh, don't yeah. don't get me started, Kurt. But uh, you know, Spiridessi are doing a tour, aren't they? To uh, is, is it ostensibly is that to back up the the anniversary, or are you just doing it for the hell of it? Yeah, it's it's a mixture. Back up the anniversary and also play some of the new albums. Yeah. people. And and obviously, you know, some of the old, the songs that, you know, if, if you don't play them, they, they go, you know, gaga about it. You know, like you have to play, you know, Liberator and Mickey and, and stuff like that. You have to play all that stuff. Yeah. Otherwise, people feel disappointed, you know. So, And I appreciate that. You know, these are the people that, you know, have sustained my career, if you want to call it that. Um, they sustained me throughout the, the years, decades. So, you know, you owe... You definitely owe them some gratitude for yeah. that. So um, I do. So uh, so yeah, we play that play. You know, some quite a lot of the songs they really want to hear. World Service. You know, you know the, the big classic songs. Good. And um, and that's cool. So it's going to be like I hate when people say a celebration. You know, it sounds like celebrate what? But <laughs> you know, it, it kind of is. Well, it's a la- it's a landmark. It's a milestone, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It it really was. It's from, Fantastic songs on there, you know. Fantastic songs. And, and why not play them? Why yeah, not? Yeah. You know, that, that's the whole concept. And this all kicks off in May. Um, I do this event every year called Weekend at Westworld. Yep. It's like two days of of, uh, of me shouting me head off. And um, then we move on to London, which is... Um, May 13th May the 13th at the May venue May 13th thank you yep, I only know that because yeah. I shall be there with my mate Simon we'll be uh, we'll be enjoying okay. that <laughs> I can't wait actually Sorry. and then uh, we've also got uh, tickets for we're going to see Theatre of Hate supporting the Skids in June as well uh, oh yeah, yeah. that'll be a great night it will it will because I, I missed the Skids Bush, yeah. Yeah, yeah I missed them last year which really pissed me off frankly but uh it's lovely when you get to see... They're great. They're absolutely great. Yeah. I was with Richard the other night. Richard Johnson the other night. He's a, such a nice fella. Yeah, well, they're there. He lives in Berlin. He yeah. He's Berlin inviting me to come over and cycle about and have a look at the city, you know. Uh, final question, really. Are Chelsea going to win the FA Cup yeah. this year? Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say yes. I'm going to say yes because... Why not? Why know, not? I, I think they're well capable of it. It's not like they're, you know, you know, Division Three people. They're well capable of winning yeah. it. Well capable. Yeah. You know, and I just that 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 uh, lift everybody's spirits yeah. about the team. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, whether they win it or not, you know. They'll, they'll still be supporting them. Well, quite exactly. Yeah. Win or lose, up Hope. the blues. Absolutely. You Always know, the way. Sun and rain, the whole deal. Absolutely. Kirk, and, you know. Go on, mate, sorry. Yeah. Loving Chelsea, that's it. Yeah, them. absolutely. Kirk, I mean, yeah. this this has been just so enjoyable. I, I really, really, really appreciate this. Thank you so much for spending the time speaking to us. And as I said, uh, good luck for the rest of the season. 
Good luck for the album. Yeah. I hope it does really well. And uh, I look forward to seeing uh, the acoustic set and then Spear on the 13th of May and then Theodore Hate uh, with, with the skids on the 30th of June. It's going to be a cracking summer, mate. Yeah, nice one, man. Nice. Well, there we go. I, I hope you enjoyed that half as much as uh, as I did. Uh, and that was I'm having problems with the technology here as always trying to get everything back to where it was but there you go yeah that was brilliant I enjoyed that um if you did too that as I said that was the uh, the edited version uh, the full length interview waffles on for 45 minutes and uh, Kurt goes a lot more into the music and a lot more into the Chelsea players he liked when he first started going a little bit about Chelsea now so if you if you like that um, I'm going to put the whole interview up as a special. Uh, on the on the usual Chelsea Fancast platform sometime this week. So keep your eye skin for that. And uh, if you like Kurt Brandon, Spirit of Destiny, Theatre Hate, that kind of thing, as I said, he's got a new album out called Tontine, which is available uh, to buy. Uh, Amazon, you know, usual kind of places, or you can download it off Spotify, iTunes, that kind of jazz. Uh, you can also go to kurtbrandon.com and you can download it there or buy the CD for 12 quid or the vinyl for 20 quid. And uh, as I said, I am going to see uh, Spear of Destiny in concert in uh, the venue, which is uh, Great Portland Street, on the 13th of May, Sunday the 13th of May. Um, come along. It'll be a great gig. And then, as I said, they're, they're supporting the skids, or Theatre at Hate are supporting the skids on the 30th of June. I'm also going to that. So uh, if any of you lot out there have got a ticket, come and say hello and have a beer. It'll be cracking. Right. Uh, after this very short break, we'll be back with lots and lots of emails. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. It's Stanford Chidge. It's the Chelsea Fancast, and of course, with me are Jonathan Kidd and the lovely Tony Glover. Good Ooh. evening. There we go. They're still alive. They were listening so intently to the Kurt Brandon interview, uh, but they are now aroused and ready for the last part of this show, which is mainly about emails. Uh, Jonathan, I'm going to put a time limit of 20 minutes on this. Right, so we'll get through as many as we can. No, don't read them any faster. Just, you know, we'll do the normal rules. We'll get to as far as we can get to, and then we'll shove the rest of them into next week. How does that sound? Okay, fantastic. Done. This is in your own time, mate. from Tim Penny. Hello, Chisholm. I've been listening for almost three to five years. Funny time to write in my show. No. I appreciate it. last week's talk about nine points of in a day. I really got me thinking. No, that's not fair, is it? That really isn't. It's I was no, off. No. showing off, Chidge. Tim Penny. Hello, Chidge and the lads. I've been a listener for almost 3.5 years. That's three and a half. And feel it's finally time to write in to show my appreciation. Thank you very much, Tim. After all last week's talk about Hank how 90 minutes of football can ruin a day out, it really got me thinking. That Spurs loss is right up there with some of the worst Chelsea losses I can remember. Moscow in 2008 certainly competes. With that loss, where does this leave us? Without a manager, no Champions League, and and a lot of uncertainty with player signings, stroke who will be staying with us this next year? 
Now, this seems dreadful and all, but for some reason, I find this as one of those moments where I just realise how much I love this club. This club is more than just winning trophies and basking in glory to me. Don't get me wrong. The pride I get when we're winning is unfathomable. But what makes me stand just that much taller is the fact that I can say I support Chelsea FC. I have a very odd living arrangement. Most of you lot would probably keel over and die if you had to experience it day to day. I fell for a girl and we married two years ago. Unfortunately, said girl's father is from Manchester and is a full-blooded United supporter. He also now lives here in the States. And to top it off, we just moved in with him in the last six months. Oh, that's like ground sharing. <laughs> It's, First time I've heard it called that, Tony. Yes, me too. It's unbearable to have to hear all of his glory stories of being there for famous cup wins at Old Trafford, or more recently, hearing how Matic is now bossing their midfield. <laughs> However, again, this just makes me support Chelsea even more. My point here is that I basically live in a United household, three United supporters and myself, I'm always surrounded by Manchester news and have to put up with Mourinho scraping by victories against Chelsea and never hearing the end of it. Normally, a man would feel overwhelmed, but not I. I have my outlet in England, the Chelsea fancast. It's a very odd thought that I consider you lot the same as that of my closest friends. I've never once said a word to any of you, yet, yet the glue that is Chelsea FC holds us together. I completely understand that. I've listened to you for hundreds of hours, responded to questions to myself in my car, <laughs> agreed with points made, disagreed with others, and even yelled for Alex to stop interrupting <laughs> to stop interrupting Jonathan at one point. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you, Tim. Apologies, Alex. With you guys, I feel informed and part of the club, even though I'm thousands of miles away, and I want to thank you for that. I love this club more than almost anything, so much that I'm often brought to tears hearing stories from the older generation or just simple stories for the pubs pre-game. Oh, how I would love to be part of all the pre-post-match festivities. I can't explain why, but this club just means so much to me and you're all the vessels that bring me the non-football side of the club. I love that line, the vessel. Mm. Bring me the non-football side of the club. Brilliant. One day I'll get over to London and would love nothing more than to buy you all around. But until that day, I appreciate all you do and will be cheering on this great club from the US. Thank you for all you do and keep the blue flag flying high. Tim. Tim. Well, personally, I think I'm an, I'm an empty vessel because I make a lot of noise. Um, but uh, no, it's fantastic, fantastic email, Tim. Brilliant. I mean that. that I so I, I can't tell you how much I so enjoy this this uh, aspect of the fan cast is the ability to communicate with you so far away and uh, and uh, the uh, the great the passion and the great emotion that you feel towards the club and through listening to us as well is just absolutely brilliant. Congratulations, wonderful. Well, yeah, yeah. Wonderful. The other day, I, I, I experienced it for the first time last year. And then, of course, the other day before the West Ham game, I went and met um, a few 
the people in the cock and of course that was at the chicago wasn't it i think they were in there yeah. um yeah, brian brilliant. wolf and that and it was just honestly and they treated me like i was but it was just so lovely we've become celebs and i want to get it's just me you don't understand it's just me yes just talking about the team, I'm not so yeah. no, no, we don't want to be stealing your thunder, JK. <laughs> um, uh, I was going to say, speaking of ground sharing, as you mentioned mm. there, Tony, have you heard the rumor going around that I've heard that it's going to be Arsenal? Oh, no, I hadn't. Now, that is uh, and it makes sense because it's on the Piccadilly line and it's got very good um, uh, communications as a consequence, could all get there. Could all get back to Chelsea if we wanted. We could all get the the, the tube back. Uh, it's it's it stopped it up King's Cross, isn't it? Yeah, it seems to make great sense to me. I thought that was the most interesting um, uh, possibility that I've heard. Oh, well, that's well, it's, it's over forty thousand. It's seventy thousand. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've it means Jonathan. It means no Wembley. Yeah, no Wembley. Yeah, no, well, it's really anti. Jonathan. They're really anti Wembley. Emails. Emails. Yeah, but what I've got to mention, Emails, it, got to mention it. There are only two, two of us on, you know, tonight. I think we're doing pretty mm. well. I know, but that doesn't mean we we haven't got enough. We we look, we're, we're over time. We're just three of us. Anyway, I just want oh to, God, very quickly to say to Tim. Chip. It's already nine. I know. I just wanted to say very, very quickly Bloody to Tim. Man. That was a wonderful email. It was good. And if you come over here and buy us all around, it'd be lovely to meet you. But we will buy you around back, mate. And it would be a real pleasure to meet you. As it is, all of the people that come over here and that we've met, as Tony and Jonathan said it. It really makes doing this thing worthwhile, and we are definitely not celebrities. My my wife tells her friends that I'm a Z list celebrity. Does that count? Yeah, it does actually. But I, I'm off. I'm not even. In, I'm not even in the alphabet. I'm not even there. Oh no, mate! You do voiceovers. You are famous. <laughs> Come on, let's let's get these emails done, mate, because we'll we'll be chopping out a lot of them at this rate. Email to Ashley Brain. Hi, Chidge and the gang. I've been listening to the Chelsea Fancast for only a year or so. It only took a couple of episodes to question where it's been all my life. Very much appreciated and enjoyed. Thank you very much, Ashley. I say that because my experience as a Chelsea fan, though I love the club dearly, is a lonely one. I was born in Margate, Kent, and was not necessarily raised in a footballing family, though my late granddad was unfortunately a gooner. I remember being around five or six and I was taken to a sports shop for my first football kit and I had to have the blue one. That was all she wrote. This was around 2001. Though this seems a weak tie to the club, and I often have been the victim of jeers, such as glory supporter and stuff like that, I feel as a Kent lad that it's better to support a London team than a bloody Manchester one, as so many do here. When I was 15 and I had to move to Yorkshire, from there I went to, to university in Liverpool. This is why I love the fan cast. I don't know any Chelsea fans in this part of the country. I know plenty of obnoxious Liverpool and they really do my nothing. <laughs> my experience of Chelsea is completely isolated. Though I have a membership, I find it hard to go to more than three to four games a year. I've never missed one. They're always a dodgy stream. There's always a dodgy stream, though. When I do go, I have a pretty planned out match day ritual. The last game I went to was the 3-0 against West Brom when Hazard scored a beauty. I wake up early, I get a mega bus from Liverpool down to Victoria Coach Station. I'm a student and it's cheaper than the train. It takes roughly five to six hours. From there I have a half hour brisk walk to the bridge. I'm always early, so I have a pint in the pensioner, only one. A five or a pint is a bit mental for me. And, a, <laughs> and an obligatory burger. I go to the ground early. 
since I don't go often, I have to soak up being in the ground. I'm first in and last to leave, generally. That's a lovely idea, lovely thought. Then I rush back to Victoria, six hours back to Liverpool, ready for a nine o'clock lecture the next day. I do all this by myself because I fucking love Chelsea. <laughs> the most consistent thing in my life. The fan cast has made the whole experience better and given me something to enjoy on the coach. Thank you all so much, Ashley Brain. Up the Chelsea. P.S. If this makes the show, I will wet myself. <laughs> hmm. well, a little bit too much information at the end there, but uh, change your underwear. Yeah, Email. well, you've come to the right place because that... we've got a healthy line in adult nappies going. We have, I think. <laughs> Listen, I have to say that that was that's that's such a lovely uh, description. I mean, it, it just shows you actually. It's not just. Uh, people from all over the world who, who, who sacrifice a lot, not least in time and money, to come to the, to the game. But there are people in the UK, I mean, that's six hours back on a coach to Liverpool. Bloody hell. Uh, you know, Ashley, next time you're coming down, you know, um, well, just let me know, because I, I go from Victoria, and uh, if you're skint, I'll pay for your bus fare up to the ground on the old 211. But uh, come and have a pint with us. We'll buy you a pint as well, because you're right. Tony and I both giggled at the £5 a pint. It is mental. <laughs> yes. That's another thing, by the way, about the Southampton away trip, because we always drink in this Weatherspoons pub, and the beer is half the price we pay in the London pubs, Good which God. is why we get so pissed. Yes. Well, anyway, if... seriously, Ashley, you've got my email. You let me know when you're coming down for a match. We'll meet up with you, and we'll take you to the pub, and we'll buy you some drinks, all right? Done. Yeah. This is for Shane Miller. Hello, Shane. Dear Uncle Chidge and Co, I'm completely fed up with Conte. Me too. Just as much I'm completely fed up with anyone who still wants to defend him for being a brilliant manager. You've talked for a while now about how, how other teams have found us out with our tactics. And yet Conte has refused to be flexible. Except when we're losing, then he takes off Moses and replaces him with a winger, puts Asby out on the right and lets Alonso be our left back. I'd like to actually run through how the goal that West Ham scored against us was very much aided by Conte's tactical drilling of our players. I've even provided pictures, but I'm going to try and use enough words so that anyone who's really interested can actually watch replays and see what I mean. The thing that Man City and others did to us that started many of us feeling that our tactics were crap was that they would push their two wingers all the way high and let their striker occupy our back three. Since our central three defenders were told not to mark the wingers, we have three centre-backs on one striker. This leaves our two centre-mids, one of them being Fabregas, to mark the whole of the rest of their central midfield, hence being overrun. Other attacking teams have done the same to us this season. What was really pitiful against West Ham, though, was what they didn't even push wingers forward. So as soon as Anatovic pushes high enough, our entire back five form a defensive in-line shape, except none of them is marking anyone except one forward. Absolutely right, I saw that. Look at the goal they scored. Arnautovic gets forward. Our back five is in a shape that is eight yards from front to back in our 18-yard box. One even in the, in the net, not picking up anyone other than Arnautovic. And then three late runs into the box are expected to be covered by Kante and Fabregas. Kante picks one player, Fabs is left with two, one of whom is Chicharito. Bang, goal. It's embarrassing tactically. Once you see it, it starts to look like a bad video game A1 system from FIFA 93. And this is most games we played this season. That's the fabulous manager Conte. That's his result of hard work. 
you can tell when you see it that it's organized crap very organized very crap oh and also when we need a goal and he has one more sub what does he do emerson on for alonso just crap emerson had zero touches after coming on by the way embarrassing show me antonio's class in any of this and i'll show you someone who is for some reason blind to football it was a shame too because i thought eden william william and Morata were giving it a go I know there will be plenty of people who will say we lost today because of lack of finishing. I'm not arguing that. I'm just pointing out that the one thing Conte is supposedly good at is absolute shite. At least Asprey's goal and celebration was something to make me proud. He's on our team. Just frustrated. Thanks for reading, Shane. Hmm. Well, well, um, well, well, well. Well, number one, we didn't yeah. lose that game. So if someone's talking shite, maybe he wants to look at himself there. Because we didn't, we drew one-one, if I recall. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it, I, I despair if you've got time to go over a goal conceded. Listen, me and Chidge, we we were sat next to each other for that game. Chicharito came on, we went, but he scores, and he did. We didn't need any of that bloody breakdown of it or whatever. We just knew that the, that that was going to happen, and I just, I just think if you sit there, that how about? analysing the goal we scored. How about coming back with that one and saying what West Ham did wrong? I, I, I just get, you know, you can sit there and pick holes. You know, any good, any goal is a result of bad defending. Well, not always. Sometimes it's a, a really good bit of attacking. Sometimes a goal that's scored is because of, uh, you know, the, the sheer brilliance of the of the, of the the play that's going on. You know, I, I just think if we sit there, what, what, I don't want to criticise of he's listening to the fan cast but I, I just think if you if you're going to sit there and do that what a joyless experience of football that is to sit there and go, and go into that he, he, here's the here's here's the thing oh, Tony. It's you know, yes i know but I'm... no 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 i'm not not digging you out i'm just trying to explain the context and i've said this a lot this is the difference i think between when and i'm not trying to like prove a hierarchy of people who go to games or anything like that because i wrote an article about this in the fanzine mm. a couple of goes back um it's this is the difficulty when you're at the game and as opposed to watching it on TV. Mm. I, I've always felt that when I'm at a game, in a weird sort of way, I can influence what happens. I feel part of the thing. When yes. I watch it on TV, you can't. I, I feel far more remote and out of control about what's going on, and I get far angrier about it. When I watch. So these guys who are watching it in the States, they don't have the before and after that you and I do. No. They don't have the opportunity to sit together like you and I do and just look at each other and go, bloody hell, not yes. again. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. a very different experience and it's much lonelier and more isolated and it makes you a lot angrier. So I might not agree with Shane, but I really, I, I get where his pain's coming from, mate. And and I think that's the great sadness of not all being able to go to the games together. It really, that, that is the downside. And I have experienced that too, because there's been quite a few games I've not been able to go to where I've had to sit and watch it on the bloody TV. And I swear to God, I lose my nut way more watching it on the TV than I ever do in a game. Yeah, I, 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 I don't want to sort of jump all over him, but I just wanted, you know, I just think that, I don't know. I, if if we've drawn a game or whatever, the last thing I'm going to do is sit there and analyse what went wrong. It went wrong. Shit happens. Move on. Yeah. So yeah. Sorry. Go on, J.K. No, no, do you mind if I come in from another angle here? Of um, course. Mm. Thank you very much. Um, uh, I think the fact that he, he he was sticking five against one forward, and I I noticed that from watching from my seat. Um, 
and and I but I think it, it's symptomatic symptomatic of him not caring anymore, and that's why I think he didn't change it because it's a really elementary thing to do to notice. Um, all our managers have done it. You know, if, if Mourinho was great at doing it, if he noticed all they were doing was just parking the bus, he'd just bring more forwards on. He wouldn't bother with having a, a defensive line because it was a waste of time. Um, uh, and, and I'm sure that was a pretty easy thing to pick up in the in the crowd as doing it. But um, uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, I can only support Shane because it, it, I'm, I've just read a book on tactics and, and I, I, I find it fascinating. And there's a wonderful guy who writes for The Guardian called Jonathan Wilson, who posted something up on Twitter about the way that Guardiola plays, which is just absolutely fascinating. And the way that it's been influenced by so many other managers over the years and the way that his, the brilliance is that it's only a certain number of touches, which in fact, uh, Conte was trying to implement last year in the three, which is you only got, which helped Louise immensely because he just has two touches and the ball goes. He doesn't take the five he was taking before when he was becoming a little bit worrying, taking the ball into midfield. So it disciplined Louise to become an excellent player. And we had a great discipline about that three, four, three, not three, four, three, three, whatever we were playing, three, five, what, three, four, two, one, whatever we were playing <clears throat> when we won the league. And so, um, the fact that he's then not bothering with anything this since January uh, uh, and is tactically just replacing like for like um, is is uh, is is very relevant. I mean, this Emerson on Florence is absolutely right, but I I think this is symptomatic of the way his his relationship with the club has has evolved. So there are touch parts of me that I agree with you, Tony, and there are parts of me that uh, mm. that I I actually am very. Um, I'm very keen on being able to look at stuff myself. In fact, I, I, I find it uh, um, something that the, the older I get, the, the more I understand what's happening on the pitch, in particular with the way that, that uh, Guardiola has, um, uh, has, has played, has managed at each club he's been at, which is absolutely fascinating. And an interesting thing is he tends only to spend three years at the club because the club get slightly fed up with him as a manager, with the players get fed up as a manager, with him always trying to to get more out of them. And uh, uh, so we may be seeing, it, this chap's prediction is we may be seeing Guardiola on the move um, because it, he, he's only spent three years, he spent three years managing Barcelona, he spent three years managing Bayern, and he thinks he's coming up All right, mate. to his third year. But anyway, that's just to inform you of my view of... Uh, of uh, looking at tactics, which I really think is um, what do you have to do ultimately? And I, I manage it from my seat. See, yeah. You have one advantage, you see, Jonathan, over me and Tony. I'm on the halfway. When you're at a game. I'm on the halfway. No, yeah. you're, so, you're sober. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, mate, listen, we got we got time for one more because this one from Paul is a, is a mammoth one. So this one... And then we'll have to do the others next week. All right. Which we can. We've got, I mean, we've got th three which we won't be able to get to. Four. We've, yeah, but they're, well, they're, I don't know how many. Almost. We'll do Paul's next. Yeah, we'll do Paul's next. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Paul Robinson. If we can, we'll squeeze in John's, but I don't think we'll be able to. But anyway, go on. Dear Chidgen Co., I'd like to present an alternative argument as, as it appears that the view from TGWLB, Jonathan and yourself. The girl who likes balls. Oh, God, sorry. Oh, God, yes, of course it is. Um, Alex, um, Jonathan and yourself, is that the issue of this season's performances is entirely the fault of Conte. Aha! It did appear that the perspective from last week showed that, that was that anyone criticising the club 
were JCL uh, nappy shitters, Johnny Come Lately. They're also... Ah. No, I wouldn't say Johnny Come Lately. He would never say that was the reason or nappy shitters. No, that's not at all true. Anyway, there also appeared to be a blind faith in the actions of the board. No, I'm, I'm not at all, Paul. That's not what we were saying at all. Those who cannot be criticised. No, we're saying that we have information about what happened. We're, we're just backing the club up because we've heard what happened. We're not getting at the club. Not We're not saying no, that we, we've got blind faith in their actions in the slightest. Anyway, I hate them. As background, yeah, Chid hates them. <laughs> as background, I'm a third generation supporter who first started watching the Chelsea in 1972 when I beat you and have endured all the years of pain prior to the last few years of success. Yeah, well, you and me both. Even if our success ends today, I will die a happy man with all the recent success I've been lucky enough to experience. No, I won't. I want more. There is definitely more to supporting Chelsea than winning trophies. I'm not convinced. I'm absolutely clear that the board is Roman. Yes, without him, none of our recent success would have been remotely possible, and nor would we be able to fund the future ground redevelopment. Long may this continue. Yeah. More important, I've been following the fan cast almost from the beginning, albeit I missed the first season and a half. Ah. Reflecting upon this... You missed, you missed the best bit, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's been all downhill ever since. Reflecting, it has. We were drunk then. I do hope my challenge is taken in the spirit intended. Reflecting yes. football is all about opinion. Yes, 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 yes. So, in my opinion, Conte's success last season remains massively underappreciated. No! He's been criminally let down by the board. No, you're completely wrong in terms of quality and numbers of players signed this season. If you've been listening to the fan cast, you will listen to me and my opinion here. Get to the bloody oh, end exactly. of it. And then I can't, I I'll get it. And I'm happy to do it. But I can't have us accused of being nappy shitters when, when we've been saying this is not the case. We, we, we give completely, um, um, what's the word, unemotional un responses to this. And Jonathan getting emotional. And he has been criminally let down by the board in terms You're of... You're getting emotional, Jonathan. I'm getting emotional, change Numbers of players <laughs> signed this season. Note, I'm not saying they've not backed him financially, i.e. total budget. He performed miracles last season, one of the smallest squads in the league. Agreed. He raised morale for a team split apart and finishing in 10th position. He turned several journeymen, i.e. Alonso and Moses, well, why are they? Into champions. His three at the back tactics revolutionised football, not only in the UK, but also across Europe. I'm sorry to disagree with you completely. Three at the back was first played in the 20s. I'm sorry. It's just regurgitating other people's views. Three at the back was played by... by by um, uh, the man himself, Guardiola, as well, at Barcelona. Just have to check if... Jonathan knows. Jonathan knows it's because he was watching football in the 20s. <laughs> I know this. I've read this bloody book. At the end of the season, he apparently <laughs> sat down with the board, Roman, and presented his plans for next... I've read a book! I've read one book about it. I know! <laughs> It was it was Charles Buchan's football annual. It Paul, was. Remember Chid, how did you know? <laughs> God, it's the 1958 edition. <laughs> it's got a picture of Walter Winterbottom on the front, with a monocle. He warned that others would wake up to his tactics and reflecting the significant number of additional Champions League games, 20% more games in total, warned that the squad required significant strengthening in terms of quality and numbers. Meanwhile, the board sold Costa 
And against his wishes, Matic, as well as a range of other young players, well, Matic wanted to go, that was the trouble. Some blamed Conte for his text to Costa. However, it's well known several times during the season, Costa said he wanted to leave. Why did the club not make this public rather than leaving Conte out to dry? Ari is admittedly ill-advised text. Yeah, but they were actually working on... They were working on trying to keep Costa in the club, though, and his text ruined it and also reduced his value. In response to his list of players, the board apparently told him they would do things their way and would ignore his list and warnings. I really don't know where you've got this from, Paul. It's complete bollocks. Fair enough. Roman is the boss and these tactics have worked before. However, why not listen to a manager who's won titles in Italy and performed miracles last season and to whom you're paying seven million a year? I think it's 10 million a year. No doubt Conte's frustration was that this advice was being ignored and that instead decisions were being left to those advising Roman, Michael and Mariana, who have little experience of top flight football. Oh, God. And as is increasingly clear, rely on the advice of agents who are consistently recommending overpriced pups. People talk about the vast sums of money paid to Conte and say he should just get on with his job. However, money is relative and he could get very similar at other clubs. He will do. Managers are measured by reputation and fired for short term results. Reflecting all his experience, Conte could foresee a train crash happening if the board didn't follow his advice and warnings about implication. He doesn't want a low league place and sacking on his records. I think the way they've been playing, getting a low league place. We are then led to believe that Conte threatened to leave, went on holiday in complete radio silence, returned asking to talk about new signings, and was told to forget it. Oh, you are paying attention to me. Was told to forget it because he had threatened to leave. (laughs) The problems of the summer didn't start with Conte threatening to leave and his subsequent radio silence. We went on holiday. He didn't suddenly wake up and say he wanted to leave. The fallout started when the club completely disagreed. Any of his list of players and warnings for new season. That just did not happen at all, Paul. I have no idea where you got that from. Perhaps you could come back with a source and then we'll talk about that. If the board, you never do. Uh, I do. I bloody well do, Chidge. You just call it blue bloody squirrel. Cheese. I'm not giving away my sources. You know <laughs> Sorry, that. blue cheese. I'm blue cheese. Giving, away, I'm giving away my blue cheese sources. <laughs> well, Paul won't give away his blue cheese sources then. <laughs> okay. Well, then we'll just have to, you know. <laughs> he knows better. Get on with if, it. <laughs> this is the best. This is the. I've got to say, J.K. This is the best email we've ever had. I, I've, you are. It was so. I'm. I'm just laughing. Trying not to laugh because it'll interrupt it. <laughs> if the board knew about Conte's reputation for throwing his toys at Juve, why did they sign him at all? Or at the very least, why did they offer him a three-year contract? Well, no, it all actually went pear-shaped because they offered him a three-year contract, and he didn't. He wasn't interested, and that didn't help. He just said, "I don't only want a two-year contract, which you've given me already." And that didn't go down terribly well with the board, as you can understand, really. You know, I think anybody, if you're in, in employment and they offer you a job, uh, offer you an extension, you go, no, I'm not interested. They get a bit dubious about you. If they believed he misbehaved in the summer and went AWOL, why did they not sack him then and get a long-term replacement? Because it would have cost them £10 million and because there wasn't anybody immediately there to come in. Because you'd have thought, I think they went through this and they tried to do it and decided to go ahead with it. Why Plus, there's, there's no such thing as a long-term replacement. doesn't exist no, either. That's true. That's true. They wouldn't get one, absolutely. Well, even a replacement of, a, of the standard. Um, um, it, some of these things are so affected, by, by, unfortunately, by the business plan and sponsors. You know, uh, they're not going to, you know, Nike are going to say, what's going on? 
Um, um, surely legally they would have been on strong ground while for him an extended contract. Well, you know, we don't know exactly what went Mate, on there. And we're ten minutes get, over what I said, so get on with and it. I know, I know, but it's I've got to comment, Chidge, or, or would you want? But you can at the end. So just read. You can at the end. There are specific things I need to respond to. Instead, they chose to keep Conte and totally ignore his advice. And what happened? Every single one of this season's overpriced signings, bar none, presumably recommended by agents, had long-term injuries, missed the close season, and were actually injured when they joined the club. Very few were first choice at their clubs. Not sure that's true. All true. That's not true. That is true. All of them. That is true. Well, um, not all of them, um, but a lot of them. Um, a drink water. Uh, um, anyway, I'll keep going. Injured. Maratta had. I know they were injured, but they were they were still first choice. Maratta played a total of seventy-one games in his previous four seasons. How can a player with that limited experience be considered an adequate replacement for Costa? And where was the second choice striker we so clearly needed last season? Regardless of his off days, Matic generally provided strength and steel at the back. In replacement, Conte was given Bakayoko. Well, they thought he was going to be. Um, top cheese. He'd done terribly well uh, at, uh, to Monaco. Anyway. Any business can make a mistake of judgment, but not three. To let the, Let's not bring this in. To let the likes of De Bruyne, Salah and Lukaku, top three PL players this season, all go as criminal. That was Mourinho did that. If Chelsea were a PLC, the shareholders would have sacked the board for selling such assets. Also criminal is replacing them with this season's overpriced misfits. Conte has been criticised for a lack of plan B. However, reflecting the bench versus Spurs, how many of that bench would be automatic starters in the four teams above us? Come to think of it, excluding Hazard, William, Kante, Pedro, Courtois and Christensen, how many of our squad would get to any of the top four squads? Well, I think Alonso would. And I think... Uh, I think Aspie. Dave would, yeah. Failure to back an experienced manager's recommendations was a false economy has now cost the club dearly in terms of league position, revenue, Champions League revenue, almost certainly a big payoff to yet another manager and potentially the loss of Hazard. Reflecting Conte's lack of support, what top manager will want to come to Chelsea? And will they do any better than the top manager we already have? Well, I think they've got four lined up at the moment. Anyway, even if a top manager is attracted, his first question will be regarding assurances for a significant transfer budget, which will be in place, trust me. And some say a choice of players. If this is the case, why not entrust Conte in the first place? Because he fucked them over. With even more games to play with next season's <laughs> Europa Cup, the squad is in even greater need of strengthening. Um, we may not get into the Europa Cup. No, Arsenal will we'll give it away. In conclusion, of course, Conte's recent glum mood isn't good. And I'm sure it's impacting the players. I agree with that. Of course, he's probably shot his mouth off too often complaining about lack of resource. Well, I don't think that he just has a go at the board all the time. However, he's only human, is he? And as a proud professional, has had to witness his advice being disregarded and all the problems he predicted playing out in front of him. The proximate cause of this season's problems is the failure to listen to the advice of an experienced top manager. All this could have been avoided if the board had listened to Conte in the first place instead of listening to trusted friends with little experience of football or agents who ripped the club, club off recommending overpriced misfits. One plea for the future is surely an experienced director of football to protect future yeah. assets identify future transfers and provide continuity across the ongoing procession, procession of future managers. It's probably true. There endeth the sermon in defence of Conte. Just my opinion in a game of... Absolutely, Paul. Thank you, assuming you do, for putting up with my rant. Love the show and all the presenters. Oh, 
Thank you very much. I'm not sure whether you have any. <laughs> season by season. It goes You're dead to him now. I've done, yes. Uh, I love that. I love all the presenters, apart from Jonathan. Apart from that prick, Jonathan. That prick, <laughs> complete prick, Jonathan. Up the blues, and thanks to for his amazing and hopefully continued support of the future. Keep the blue flag flying high. Best, Paul. It's a very good email, Paul. I admit it. It's a very, very good email. I just don't agree with nearly 90% of it. But there we where, are. Where, where, is, where is two? What do you think, Tony? Well, I, I agree with about 90%. Oh, of it. Tony, Tony. I do. Yeah. I, do. I think yeah. he's made some Me very, too. very, very, very good points in there. Oh, um, which, if you replace the name Conti and put Mourinho, AVB, Scolari, Ancelotti in there, it would fit all of them. Can I, uh, can I add my tuppence worth oh, before we go into we three hours? No, uh, you can't. No, shut up. Well, I'm, I'm a bit upset that, that uh, Paul's tarred me with your brush because I would never accuse people of being nappy shitters unless they were absolutely there to do. I certainly have no board and, crit- and have criticised them for the entire time I've been doing the fan cast, which is nearly 10 years. I've lost my patience with Conte, Paul, because... Here's the thing. You make a really good point in the email about him not being supported and not being backed and all the rest of it. And actually, when we were off air in between uh, parts, I, I, I made an analogy about a similar experience I had. And I, I do get that people can be stupid, myopic and stubborn, as I was. But frankly, if he, was, if he felt he was that un, unsupported and been mugged over... You know, he had a, he's a top manager. He could have just thrown his toys out of the pram, gone, and gone somewhere else and picked up another 10 million quid a year. So I don't understand why he didn't do that if, if he felt like that. And I think that that has changed his demeanour this season. But, you know, I, I've been saying for weeks and weeks and weeks, well before Joe Bloody Tweeds wrote an article about it, why we need a director of football. So I, I, I like Tony, there's a lot about your email that I agree with. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I do ta- I do concede that Jonathan, you know, has good knowledge and, mm. and I agree with some of what he says too. I don't I don't think it's this black and white. I no, think no, it's no. a lot grey. No, no, I wasn't saying that to me. I was just saying that actually there's a lot of points in there that I really do agree with. If you take, you know, you, you could just, I, I just think you could transpose that onto every manager that we've ever had. I really do. Mm. Which tells you one thing and one of thing course. alone, Tony, that, that that's the way the board roll. I think I think his point about the fact that they've list they have always historically listened to too many agents. Yes. It smacks of it at this club. I think that's a very, very valid point. Indeed. You know, and I think some of the buyers have been mysterious to say the least. Mourinho first time hmm? got given a you know, yeah. every player he wanted. Well, thanks to George Mendes. Yeah. <laughs> Same <laughs> agent. first time round. Yeah, a lot of it. I mean, and then then see Mourinho threw his toys out of the pram when they when they weren't speaking to George Mendes anymore, and then Roman was personally buying people like Shevchenko and Balak, who he didn't want either of. Mm. Yeah, but I'm glad he got Balak. Yeah, what's that? Sure. Anyway, yeah. this we could do a whole show on, and much as I would love to, I'm exhausted and I need to eat and stuff and. You know, anyway, I'm really sorry about that because I would, lo- I generally love to talk about it because it's fascinating. But Paul, brilliant! I might nab mate, some of that actually for um for the next yeah. podding shed. Actually, go mate. for it, mate. Yeah. Well, well, you know, if Paul's listening and find out a way to get in touch with each other, because I mean, here's the thing, you know, we read them all. I don't care if you coat us off, disagree with us entirely. Paul's absolutely right. It's a game of opinions. Nobody has the divine right to be right. 
and I will air it and I, you know, go for it. We love that. We love that. Jo- Jonathan generally does too because Jonathan loves an argument. He's one of the nicest, kindest, most compassionate people I know. But he could start a brawl in an empty room when he talks about football. So, you know, no, I, we love it. No, don't we, JK? Because I know nothing about it. <laughs> no, you do. You, you, But that's the point. It's about passion. It's about passion and emotion. And the other thing I would say, Paul, is that, you know, what you've got to remember is that we do a podcast, which is only one step, one step uh, away Beyond? from talking about it in the pub. Well, one step away from talking yeah. about it in the pub. So our emotions when we do the show are usually still pretty high, particularly if the game's been on a Sunday night. So we haven't had the, t- the time to reflect on it with, with cool calculation, whereas Paul's had the opportunity to spend maybe a week thinking about it and putting it down in paper, which is a very different way of communicating. So, you know, if we get a bit ranty and cross about stuff, it's always been part of the show, and it is because it's still very raw for us, and we haven't had that time to reflect on it. So if we say daft things, Paul, you know, it's the emotion and the passion about it. But, uh, I think if you, if you and I were to sit... Hang on a minute. If you and I were to sit in a pub, pool together, we would probably thrash this out over three hours over quite a few pints and probably walk away agreeing. You know, that's kind of how it works. Right, we really should go because I'm I'm famished. I've got to eat. Uh, like as you, I've just kind of said it really, but we do love receiving our emails. We especially love Jonathan reading them because he does it so brilliantly, uh, and we'll always try and read them out on the show, as you know. So do send them to ChelseaFanCast at gmail dot com before Monday. Uh, we will be back next Monday, seven o'clock, of course. What will it be, Jonathan? Uh, live, Judge. Live, Jonathan. That's absolutely live. right. And we'll be looking back at the live. We're looking back at the FA Cup semi-final between Southampton and Chelsea. Uh, Hopefully a repeat of last weekend, but slightly less squeaky bum. Uh, And we'll also be talking, of course, about uh, this coming match on Thursday, which is between Burnley and Chelsea. And uh, I'll be joined by Jonathan and Dan Silver and the wonderful Oliver Harbord. Uh, Before that, of course, I'll be recording the Kerry Dixon show with the one and only Kerry Dixon. Uh, That'll be on Thursday, so make sure you download and listen to that from Acast, Apple and SoundCloud et al. And, of course, on Friday, between 7 o'clock and 9pm, we'll be doing the Chelsea Fancast for Love Sport Radio. Jonathan, Liam Toomey and me will be talking all things Chelsea, no doubt picking up from uh, the Burnley game. Uh, and the best thing, of course, about that is you can phone in and join in the show and debate with us live. The number to call is, Jonathan? Um, uh, oh, God, help. Uh, uh, 0207. Um, uh, I'm not looking at the screen, Chitch. 0208. I've got it. I've got it. It's 0208. Okay. I shall do this in the style of Jonathan Kidd when he does it very well on Friday. The number to call is 0208 70 20 558. Oh, yes. And of course, course, it is. Thank you. We will remind you about this before Friday. Anyway, uh, it's a digital radio station. You can get it on DAB. It's 558 AM. You can also get it on lovesportradio.com. You can listen to it again if you miss it. By going to the website, you know what to do. I said it every bloody week since we started it. Anyway, uh, you can follow us on the show uh, on Twitter at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chidge, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, um, Tony at Grocer Jack UK, and of course you can check out the website for all the blogs and stuff. ChelseaFanCast.com. Uh, don't forget to go and vote for Chelsea Fancast uh, uh, at CFC GWLB and 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 Carbis LLI for best football podcast. Best 
uh, young blogger and best new blog on the football uh, blogging awards uh, stuff. So you know, it's it's on the Twitter, on the Chelsea Falcons Twitter, and it's also on the website. Go and find it. Go and vote and go and do it. Otherwise, I'll be very very angry and cross, and you won't like me when I'm angry. Right. Many thanks to Keon on the Chelsea Falcons bloggers and to all the content going up there. Blah 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 blah. I'm tired. I've had enough. I want to go go home or go to bed or eat or whatever. <laughs> but most of all. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Tony, who has always, has always been absolutely top-notch and superb tonight. Tony, you're a legend and I love you. And it's a pleasure, mate. As always, a pleasure. Top man, top man. JK, you're a very naughty boy and you're not the Messiah, but we still love you very, very much. <laughs> uh, I've let you down, Chidge. I've let you down. No, you uh, you've been absolutely superb. You both, you've both been superb tonight. Nobody would have known there were only three of us tonight. It yeah. felt like there have been 17 of us all night. It's been brilliant fun. Really enjoyed it. Jonathan, I will see you on Friday. Looking forward to that as always. Absolutely. Good stuff. Should have loads to talk about as always. Right, you lot out in Mixler, you've been brilliant too. Uh, it wouldn't be the same without you sitting in there and uh, getting on with it and uh, talking to us. We love it, we love it, we love it. Thank you for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it Chels. Up the Chels! <laughs>